Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Go for Bronze. On this week's show, we'll talk about how PlayStation Showcase fell well below our expectations, the Last of Us multiplayer game may be in trouble, and how we still don't know what the future holds for PS5. Help us, Jeff Keighley. You're our only hope. I'm Joel Torres, one of your co-hosts, and as always with me is Mark Ace Acevedo. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. hello. We're here on a... <laughs> hello, hello, hello. We're here on a sunny Sunday afternoon. A little switch up. We actually are well-rested and ready to record and ready to rock and roll. How, how are you feeling so far, Mark? Extremely, well, extremely well-rested. It's Memorial Day weekend. I've been sleeping in every day so far it's 1 40 right now and i woke up like really an hour ago i keep waking up and then just going back to bed which is incredible like deciding that i don't actually have to get up and do anything or be productive so that's mm-hmm. good that's been a trouble and i've just been playing a ton of video games which is great that's lovely that's all we want to do that's how we com- commemorate our troops is just by playing games on memorial day <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly and i needed to i needed to explore and see what was out there too reinstate my hope for the future after the showcase that we had which we'll obviously talk about in great detail yeah we will talk about the about the playstation showcase because that was definitely that was a shocker almost as big as a shocker as the miami heat losing a fucking 3-0 lead or we're Mm. not we haven't lost it yet it's tied up but we it's looking like we're probably going to lose the series and that's very disappointing just kind of like the playstation showcase it's been a great week for me yeah i didn't know about the heat i just i've been hearing about I heard that they were up by three to the Celtics. So when you told me that, I was kind of surprised. I was like, damn, they really like lost all those in a row. Yeah, and last night we lost a, 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 a very close game in game six last night in Miami. Fucking Derek White. This motherfucker's hairline is all the way in the back of the middle of his head. And he fucking <laughs> made a last second layup to win the fucking game. I fucking hate him. I hate the Celtics. I hate everything Boston. Fuck them. Yeah, that was rough. He's not him, you know. I thought he was supposed to be him just for the playoffs, Jimmy. I thought he was too, and then he's been playing like a fucking baby bag bitch these last three games, and then now the spit roast is off. This gets canceled. I'm yeah, denying you, him. Yeah, you're denying it. It's off. I'm denying it's, it's off. I mean, he, Jimmy did. I mean, he he turned it up a little bit, like the last two minutes to get it to like we did have a one point lead. We were set to win because he got Al Horford to foul him on a three point shot. But mm-hmm. then, but it, that that's too little, too late. I mean, fucking, we had our like our role players like Gabe, uh, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Duncan Robinson. They were showing up, and then Jimmy and Bam. Excuse me, sorry. Oof, it's getting caught up from last night. Oh my. Um, God. Jimmy and Bam, Jimmy and Bam, fucking are like I think they were like nine for forty last night. They like were missing everything. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Jimmy's that guy, but I don't, Bam doesn't seem like he's him. Bam, you know he has his moments. He confuses me sometimes. He's uh, he's up and down like a roller coaster. Yeah, I think it, I think if you want to win a championship, you can't just have your moments. You probably need to be consistent. You definitely do need to be consistent. But another thing that happened, uh, probably when we started recording, one forty. Yes, yeah, so probably about like twenty thirty minutes ago when I first got home, I had to get a new charger for my uh, laptop because I left my charger for my laptop at my actual house. I'm currently at my girlfriend's apartment and then i was coming back getting ready to set up for the show and then you know when you push a fart and you gamble a little too much 
Mm. I, I was I was pushing. A, I told Pam, I was like, I have to fart. I was like, get out of the room because I don't want to like, you know, gas you in this chamber because mm. I'm currently recording in her laundry room, which is small. But then and then <laughs> and then I like how I had to look around. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of a tight room. You know, it's perfect for a podcast room because it's nice and intimate. It's well insulated. Not a lot of. But it's gassed know, up. It's got it's got. It was gonna get gassed up, but then you know when you push, and then I was like, and I was like, oh shit, I have to shit. And then oh, she, yeah. no, and then no, she no. started laughing, and I ran into the bathroom, and then you know, it was one of the, it was when you're shitting water, you know. That's disgusting. I could see yeah, your eyes. You're a little teary eyed. It's so gassy in there. You can't even see. Exactly. Yeah. No. This is this is rough. But you know, we're gonna be with you here for the next like two hours. I don't think I've actually. You know, there's two. There's two male bodily uh, functions or, or happenings that I don't think I really ever experienced. Number one is I've never sat on a nut. That's never happened. And then the other is I've I don't think I've ever happened. really I don't think I've ever really gambled on a fart where I've been like, oh, something's peeking. I don't think that's ever happened. Well, I have tremendous control of my asshole, so nothing came out. But I felt it's like, you know, when you feel it, you're like, if I keep on pushing, it's going to. I feel out. like tremendous control wouldn't have anything peaking at all. No, but not, I I was able to suck it back up my rectum. All right, okay. Well, this, <laughs> this is this is this is I was a, able to is, fucking suck it up. You know, this is a, what is what is this, Mark? Yeah, this is a PlayStation uh, podcast where we could talk about other shitty things like the showcase. But could, yeah, before we talk about that, let's talk about what we've been playing and. Then we can get into the news and proper. And there is a ridiculous amount of news. So obviously strap in. The summer has started. We've been talking about there's going to be all these shows coming up and now they're starting to happen. So let's talk about what we've been playing. You go first. So what I've been playing is uh, Persona 4. Uh, Gotten back into that because, you know, after this week's showcase, kind of realized there's no hope for the future. So, you know, why don't we start chipping against that against the backlog? And one of the biggest games I have in my backlog is Persona 4 golden on ps4 but play well i'm playing it on my ps5 and it's been it's been going good i beat the first dungeon so far so i got my girl yoke with me now i have a you know i think i now have the full squad because now i have four people so that's exciting i'm waiting to continue that probably be a game i'll just play throughout the whole year i don't i'm not trying to rush it it's Mm -hmm. one of those games where you kind of have to like sit with and it and the thing what persona does is just really good is it feels like it's seasons of television when you like finish one dungeon well Mm -hmm. with four and five i know those are the first ones with dungeons i know three is like the one dungeon but when you finish each person's dungeon it's like a season of television it's like all right this is like a nice like leaving off point so now i can you know go dabble in something else or keep on continuing it and then finish the second dungeon then go off and play something else but been playing that's great i would totally recommend it any jrpg fans out there and then also i've been playing humanity which is the new uh a new like puzzle game hold Lemming. off hold off on humanity just because uh, before you get to humanity because i want to both talk about because we've both been playing that before you get that i want to pull out some thread that we were talking about off the air that i feel like would be interesting when you were talking about persona and like cleaning up your backlog we were talking about how the lack of new games have had the first time where we feel like our backlog is actually shrinking rather than expanding that is true it is shrinking and not expanding like my asshole earlier today. Yeah, so the <laughs> incredible control. So I just wanted to bring that up because I, I feel like it's always been a case where there are more and more games added, and now it's getting to a point where like we're really kind of shaving off games from the backlog. 
it felt like like it used to feel like in the PS3 and PS4 generation, like the backlog was like you're kind of like, oh well, this is just gonna keep on growing and we gonna always hold on to this and never like actually complete it. But I feel like I've been making decent strides these last few mm-hmm. years. You know, I got I got Death Stranding done last year. That was a fucking big game. That was like mm-hmm. that took me like eighty something hours to platinum it and everything like that. So I'm just trying to knock off the big games because you can always squeeze in the littler, like shorter experiences. But now, like you know, I can play Persona all summer because the only other game I'm looking forward to is Final Fantasy 16. That comes at the end of June, mm-hmm. and then besides that, I mean, Spider Man. Who knows? It's coming out in fall. fall. That's all I know. Yeah, sometime in fall. Sometime in fall. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that really quick because I've been on a similar boat where I'm going back to older games and noticing that. They're most of the ones that I've wanted to play. There's always one still to play, but a lot of them I've either finished or they're getting platinumed and they're just getting crossed out the list. But going back to new games, so go back to Humanity. I want to hear what you have to talk about it. I played it for a little bit last night and then I'll hop in at some point. And then before we do that fully, um, I also played Dead Island, playing mm-hmm. it, loving it by myself. It's just a fun, good put listen to a podcast, just fuck around and just slice up zombies. So. If you need a good chill like podcasting game, like you don't want to like it doesn't require too much effort from you in terms of like narrative, I would totally recommend that as well. But back to humanity, it's the new PlayStation Plus. Like PlayStation Plus has had three indie games so far where there are date and date release on the service. You know, the first one was obviously Stray, the indie darling game of the year contender. Mark loves it, mm. and then also the one that earlier came out this year was Chia. Chia was. Uh, I don't. Bad. To be honest, I haven't played. It's bad. Mark does not like it. He says it's bad. It did get somewhat positive reviews, so I don't know where it, where it lies, you know. But it's obviously I don't think it has the same staying power as a stray. Like it, it came and went very quickly. It was also released mm-hmm. during like the same like week around Resident Evil Four, so that that was also probably bad on their end. But then now the n- most recent game they've done this with is Humanity, and I think this is might be the best one. I haven't beaten Stray, but this might be the best one so far. I love the. It's a puzzle game that people have said reminds them of Lemmings. I didn't play Lemmings, so I don't know exactly. I'm assuming it's the same thing where you're just guiding people to this end thing. And you got to, you know, you're playing this little dog that, you know, tells them either to jump, go left, right. All these, like, you know, um, motions. And then, but what really stands out to, to me in this game is that the aesthetic is very strong. It's very, very cool. The music is fantastic as well. I like get into the whole ass groove and then also the music is so good that there's a feature to fast forward and I, like i don't like fast forwarding it because it fast forwards to music mm. so i just let it play out because i like hearing like the actual music and it seems a lot more uh deeper than i was expecting in terms of like your average puzzler game it does seem like it's telling a like pretty uh, grandiose story but it's not too involved where it's like you don't feel like it's it's low maintenance in terms of like every time you clear a level you get a little bit more of the story but like while you're playing the game you just enjoy the puzzle mechanics and then you get a little bit of story after each section mm-hmm. but you can continue mark how far are you in by the way i've i'm still on the second what's like the second word choice or something like that yeah second word choice is i haven't started that but i finished the first one and okay I, I so I finished that, did all of that. I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. Aesthetics really strong. Some of the quality of life things I think are really, really nice. Like the fact that when you're playing it, you can basically your end goal is to get all the people from the door to the light that's at the either end of the level or sometimes there's multiple pillars of light. But there are goldies, which are like these tall gold characters that you also can collect to like kind of hundred percent a level. Something I love is when you're getting them, they give you more like 
options or abilities in the game. So that's how you can get like when yeah. you get enough of them, you can restart the level, but keep the commands that you've already placed. So you don't have to like restart completely fresh or changing the outfits of the characters or fast forwarding stuff like that. So I really appreciate a lot of those little fixes. It seems like they really took their time with it. I so far, I, I mean, I already think it's the best day one game. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's better than Stray. The story is interesting. Like it's vague enough that it's probably really cool, but also like you were saying, it doesn't really get in your way. It gives me similar energy to, I would say, a lighter, definitely lighter. But like when I think of Portal, right, like Portal is very puzzles, but like in between the puzzles is when you're getting your story exposition and it's very good. Yeah, I I, I haven't played Portal, but that if it's similar to that, I think that that works for puzzle games because a thing that puzzle games really do that have like a good um like uh, opportunity to do is that you have to spend a lot of time in the world and understanding the world because mm-hmm. you are really in depth with these like mechanics and like how everything functions. And I feel like that lends yourself to storytelling because you're like, why is the world functioning like this? And then you mm-hmm. get little bits and it unveils and unveils. And then hopefully at the end, it's like, you know, the cool thing where it's like you were doing all these things, but it was sometimes, you know, flips on you. Oh, you're doing bad things or you're doing good things. Like I don't, it doesn't necessarily, I don't know how you feel, but it has a melancholy kind of, vibe to it so i don't know necessarily know if i'm doing good or bad things as the shiba una guide these Mm -hmm. people to the light yeah it is really good another thing i wanted to say is it makes me think of hitman go and laura croft go i don't know if you Mm. played those but those are like those the hitman one for example is a puzzle game where you're kind of on a board and you're planning out your moves in this grid like system so it makes me think of that and i really enjoyed those games so it's really fun. Trophy list looks good. Pretty much just complete the game, get all the goldies, and then there are like some miscellaneous trophies. But puzzle games are normally pretty easy platinums if you want to go for them because there's if you really need them, like if you're really struggling, there's always just solutions for it. So they're not they're never really hard because you don't have to be good. Now that being said, I'm not using any to get through the game. I want to get all oh, the goldies wow. and everything without oh, wow. that. There there's certain know. games where Let I understand. Let me know if you can do the wall without any guides. Which one's the wall? It's in the choice two or the word word two choice. Mm-hmm. It's like when you beat the first level, then you know how it breaks off to the side. Yeah. I think it's like the first bottom one. Okay. And it's just like a it's like a flat wall. Let me know if you can do that without any guides. I haven't looked up a guide yet, but I just kind of like I was like, I'm, I'm going to get the one goldie I can and just keep on continuing because like I don't want to get frustrate myself and not finish the game that's fair so far i have gotten all the goldies from the first world i did too i did too but so i let the wall you know seems if... to be the wall seems to be particularly hard because everything else i think i'm like almost at the end of choice two or mm-hmm. word two choice and um it seems fine the wall just seems like a deep like a difficulty spike or maybe i'm just too dumb to realize it no i mean puzzle is. games puzzle games are like that sometimes it's just like one way that you haven't thought of thinking about it. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like just a different perspective of seeing it. And sometimes it can be really hard to do that when you're just trying, trying, trying. So you need to step away from it and then like come back fresh and be like, oh, maybe this is it. But yeah, I haven't tried that level yet. So I'll have to see. And another thing I like is that you were mentioning the solution videos. The solution videos only show you how to get the the people to the light. It doesn't show you how to get all the goldies. Oh, well, I just meant like online. I like uh, I know that there are the solution videos in the game, but I meant like, you know, somebody's going to have a trophy guide that's like yeah, comprehensive yeah, yeah, yeah. with all the solutions. So I think 
that's what I was saying, where if you want the platinum, it won't be that hard because puzzle games usually aren't. The few examples, right, like The Witness is like one big example, but that's because there was a trophy to do a section of the game that was randomized every time. I don't think this has any randomized sections. Yeah, it's, it's probably it's very straightforward. As think, most of the PlayStation associated games are, but they're Platinums. And thankfully, you don't have to do any of the like user created stuff or creating levels for trophies, which you Thank can God. do, but they're not part of the trophy list, which I think is really nice. And I also wanted to say that the trophy images really make me think of PS3 games. I don't know if you looked at them, just the way that they're like rounded on the sides and the pictures that are on the trophies really makes me think of PS3 games. Huh. I'll have to take a look at that. I haven't noticed it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, but that humanity, definitely excellent. The, I say the other, like a massive game, I guess is, uh, so I've been playing dead cells and I was playing it because it's on the hard games club thing for PlayStation stars. And I never played it before. Didn't think it would be like my style of game. Just thought I would try it, probably not like it and then put it down. It was the first game in a while that I started playing it and then like five or six hours passed and I was like, oh shit, I need to like get up and like eat, have like water, all that kind of stuff. It's an incredible game. So it's a, I don't know if you already knew this, but it's a roguelike game. So like every time mm-hmm. you try, you go, I didn't even know that. And I like roguelike games. So that's immediately a positive. But so you're trying to get to the end of these levels where sometimes there's multiple exits to get to different areas. Think of like, I guess it's a weird example, but Outrun, you know, like the old Sega racing game where you could go like left or right, kind of like that, where there's different doors that'll take you to different levels, but there are set bosses that you would face every time on the way to the end. And so you get like permanent upgrades over time and you meet these different like shopkeepers and give them different currencies so that every run that you do, if you're getting permanent upgrades, maybe now different weapons that are of higher quality drop or maybe... You know, just like your some of your stats are permanently increased. So it gives good motivation to like, let me do one more. And every time it'll get a little easier because I will be progressing something. Um, it is really hard, but it's really fast paced. The controls are really tight, really enjoyable. There's like a ridiculous amount of items to unlock. And it's just really good. It's just really, really, really good. And I'm happy that I'm trying it for the first time. What is the what's the um playstation like the hard club stars campaign what do you have to do do you have to just beat it or you have to beat the second boss oh okay that's not see which i haven't done this devil may cry shit so hard usually the other ones are just get to like the second boss or some shit like that why is this why are they doing this don't don't make me do it though what are you gonna do you're talking about why they make them so easy you you didn't do the elden ring one that was to get to the second boss I, but the thing is, just I don't like Elden Ring, so and, Elden so Ring is a bad game. With Dead Cells, it is to just do the second boss, but I haven't even got to the second boss. It's still hard. Like, think about Returnal, like getting to the second boss in Returnal. It's like that. The Returnal one was only for the first boss. I know, but I'm saying that the idea of like Returnal being a roguelike, like even getting to the second boss in one of those types of games can be hard because you get reset every time. No, yeah, 1000%. I think most roguelikes, I probably could only do the first or second boss. And then, because it's just the roguelike is like, there's no checkpoint, you know? There's no like, I can mm-hmm. continue from here on out. And it's like, well, I got to do all that shit all over again. Like, what the fuck? I love it. Makes it so intense. What? You should try out Hades. Because Hades. I tried really out Hades, good. but I don't like the way it plays. 
That's my thing with it. Because that was one where I got sucked into it for a little bit, where it was like maybe like seven or eight hours I played it, but then I was just like, this is just too hard. But it mm. was very interesting in terms of like story. It was like one of the only roguelikes that I was like, I actually really like the story that's being told. I don't know if I gave it enough of a try, but there's something about the angle of the camera that I don't like, as dumb as that sounds. The like, the not iso- completely... Do you like isometric games? Like, like Bastion, Hades... So what is like that? A... Like, what does that word even mean? I feel like I've heard that word for so long and I've never understood what it meant. Isometric, I kind of like view it as... It's like over it's like over the top, but just like at a little bit of an angle. Mm. And it's like and I, I think it mainly has to make do with it's not only the camera angle, but it's like the game itself. Like the game is made on like blocks. Yeah, I hate and that. It's like and it's very clear like where you have to go and like there's very direct movement. There's like you go left, right, there's no like you can't do like a like you can play the game with like a like a controller pad, but not like the actual stick. Like that's what how I view isometric games. You know what I'm saying? Where it doesn't have like, I get the what full you're saying. Range of movement. Maybe less with the movement, but that camera angle I find really like un- unappealing. A lot of games that have a- that over the top to the angle, like I don't like. Yeah, that's the isometric thing, and that's like a lot of those games also have like weird puzzles where it's like you have to slide the camera, or, like move the camera to like reveal something. Mm-hmm. Like I remember uh, Death. Death Store was a game, was like another isometric game that I that I enjoyed playing a little bit on Game Pass. So, I mean, I'm not the bi- I'm not gonna cap and be like I'm the biggest fucking isometric <laughs> fan ever. But I, I, yeah, like, but um, it doesn't deter me. That's not what my issue was with Hades. But, but yeah, yeah. maybe that maybe you just don't you don't like those kind of games. Yeah, no, I don't like those kind of games. That's for sure. I've tried them and they're just not my thing. But I I mean, yeah, I would recommend giving Dead Souls a try. I think it's fun. I mean, it's difficult, but I don't think it's going to be like impossible. Even the Devil May Cry one, I'm sure that one is really hard. But I have just been because I'm trying to go through the whole series is why I haven't even gotten to the fifth one. But I'm sure it is really hard. I don't know if it's like impossible, though. But I probably <laughs> won't get to that one just because yeah. like I'd have to finish... I think I'm about halfway through three. I know it, to me, I would want to finish three and then four and then play five. And I'd have to do it more than one playthrough. So I was like, I'll do that. But I think I'll just do that on my own pace, not for the stars campaign. Yeah. And we were talking the other day where you're like, man, imagine if like where the drought of games was happening now when we were in college. If I was in college, I'd be able to knock out all these stars campaigns because then I would literally have like my games like sectioned off and like, all right, these are my stars games. This is like my mm. fun main game and then this is my multiplayer game. But now it's like I have such a limited time to play games that it's like if I'm playing a game, it's something I truly want to play. This is fair. I want to see. Although while we're on the topic of specifically hard games, I want to see you complete one that way it would count as a hard game. Because I don't know what if time would be the complete hard games. I'm not saying you never, but I'm saying like the ones that we're talking about on the hard game cup games club of like Returnal, Sifu, Elden Ring. You haven't finished one of those games, and I don't think a lot of those games aren't. Elden Ring is, but a lot of those other ones aren't. Like time is the reason why you can't beat them. It's just the difficulty. I mean, yeah, I'm not saying I would beat these games. I'm saying I would knock out the stars campaigns. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But they would include the hard games clubs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that, I, that's what I'm, I mean. Those campaigns, not the games campaign yeah, 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 itself, fair. like the PlayStation Stars campaigns, not the actual. No, I'm not saying I can fucking beat Returnal. What the fuck? I think the Returnal is one where I, I want to get the platinum and I'm not that far away from it, but it's kind of an annoying one. Yeah, that, I would be happy just beating that game, but 
again, it's like I I played the game for probably like 15 hours or so, and then I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have like negative feelings towards Returnal, but it's just like something where it's I realize I just this is just very frustrating. Returnal is and hard I, as fuck. I, Returnal is very hard, and it's also a game where it's like it helps that it like you get right back into it, so mm-hmm. that way you can just keep on going. But it's a game that requires like reps it's like fucking playing yeah. a sport where you gotta like warm up you're like you, you're never gonna get your first two three runs you're just trying to get a little warmed up get, get all right so this is how i gotta move this that and then like the fourth and fifth is when you like lock in to get to the next level or something like that agreed what an excellent game and That's... then even and then even returnal does something better than hades does because it lets you at least start from the most recent like place you completed right um, or there's like a shortcut system. That's what it is, right? There is a shortcut system, yes. And you can so Returnal is broken into six biomes, two acts. When you finish the first three and you get to the fourth one, when you start the game, you can just start at the fourth one. So if you finish the first That's act, you can what? just start at the no, but you so twofold. You're right on like two cases. So one is you can start at the second half of the game or when you've like if you've done the first three and you're but you haven't beaten the third one, for example, when you're in the first world, halfway through it normally there's two doors and you can either go to the second area immediately or you can go to the third area immediately. So it does have that it does have that benefit of like you can take shortcuts, but then it's also kind of like a double edged sword, because if you take those shortcuts, you'll be less powerful when you get there. It'll upgrade your weapons to the right level of the world, but your other stats won't be as high. Yeah. So it's just a I give mean, and take of like if you want to do a slower, longer route or if you want to be quick. Dead Cells is kind of similar in that way where when you finish a level, you can get there are two bonuses that you can get. You can either get a time bonus for going through it really quickly or you can get a bonus for killing a certain number of enemies without taking damage. Or if you take damage and you're slow, you get no bonus. But like you can either play it like really fast or you can play it like really slow. Just kind of depends. I always play it quick, though. I don't play it slow. Because I feel like yeah. I would get too frustrated playing it slow, and then I'd get hit by some random object. So I just play it quick. See, that's that's my frustrating with the Souls-like games is that you have to play them slow or strategic. Strategic, yes. I would say back in the old days it would be slow. Now they've made it very much where it's if you want to play them fast, you can. It's just like can't really fuck up that much. There's just like not yeah. a lot of room for error. But yeah, I don't know. These hard games are are just calling me just because there's nothing like we were talking about the backlog is getting is getting trimmed down and the, most of my backlog is games that are hard and most, like, i really would love to play like sekiro most of the hard games are excellent like they're yeah, not, they're not bad at all like they're hard but that's that it's that thing we talk about where if a game is difficult but it feels good that's how you know it's an excellent game and a lot of those are that way where it's like you can keep that's up with I, it they're see, just really good See, that's my issue with the Souls-like games. In my mind, they don't feel good. I know that I'm necessarily not playing them correctly, mm. but like Returnal, I see your justification where I play that and I'm like, this fucking feels fantastic. And even Sekiro, I'm like, this feels fantastic. Like, mm. it, like I know I'm fuck- like same thing with Sifu. It feels fantastic. Like I know it's me who is fucking up. When I play mm. Souls-like, like not from not Sekiro, but the other like traditional Souls like games, I don't feel like that. That's fair. I also think they're those ones like the older ones, Demon Souls. Dark Souls. I would even argue Bloodborne, which I don't care if like I get some hate for this. I'm not saying I don't like Bloodborne, but I think those, all of those ones have some like mechanics and features to them where I, when I play them, I'm just thinking to myself, like, did you really need to do that? Like, you know that that's kind of just frustrating. 
like to a player like that's not yeah. fun but that, yeah so that's why that's what those games in particular where it's like those are like the that's like if i literally have nothing left to play i'm like well i guess i gotta play this shit but like the uh, hard games that are on the backlog right now that are like intermittent that i would like get back into sifu because it's still on the system mm-hmm. and then uh returnal probably would be next and then maybe like sekiro yeah and then the other one that i know you're excited for is you're gonna you already told me you wanted to help me with the doom 2 platinum <laughs> see but those games i don't like fps shooters i don't really think i mean they can be hard but i'm like i know i can like get my way through this not doom is hard you know doom is hard. i beat doom i beat doom on nightmare that's just easy as fuck yeah with me didn't you play but eternal and it. you were like i'm out of it because it's a little too much like to do no returnal i didn't know no, no. i didn't think doom eternal e- was eternal that's what i'm saying doom eternal oh, okay okay i'm not saying that that i didn't say that was hard i just said that when i was playing the fucking game i was having carpal tunnel because i have to like fuck the controller with yeah, 17 buttons that is true i get yeah. that that's what i was saying where it's like why can't i just use r2 and l2 that seems like what a shooter should be like i didn't know i was fucking playing a fighting game also with a shooter that would probably be an excellent game for the dual sense edge having extra like buttons yeah because then you shit. can have like the I think Returnal would be great for that too. Yeah, Returnal would be great for that. That's a good call. I should try that. Like having your jump on the fucking back so you mm-hmm. never have to take your hands off the triggers. Yeah. Come it's on, a learning curve, some... but I, I, I'm sure that would be helpful. Yeah. But, but, but what else have you been playing, Mark? Have Doom you got 2... anything else to tell us? Doom 2 is pretty much the other one. I've been going back to that. Got the Doom, the first one, Platinum. So this one now I'm doing the speed run. So beat it under two hours which is really just the game has an in-game clock that adds up all your times from each level so you don't have to do it in one sitting but Mm -hmm. doom 2 is kind of notorious for having some of the most confusing level layouts like of the entire series so i'm playing it right now just naturally because it's always fun to just replay naturally and i'm recording my times on my phone on like a notepad for each mission and then i'll just go back and try to cut down on each times until eventually the trophy pops that's what i'm doing there that's super fun always enjoyable and then i started playing a plague tale again i don't really have anything to say about it i just started playing it because i want to play the new one so that's i mean that's i just wanted to to restart that because for some reason you feel the rats and the controller yeah i do feel that it's the game that actually made me think about it. it was i was looking at the store at new releases and looking at how shitty that golem game was and i was like yeah like a stealth, like slow. I was like, I'll play a Plague Tale. We yeah, that was that would that that probably is like the only real stealth game. Like, there's no more stealth games. I mean, Dishonored, I know, but that's kind of on the you know on the back burner right now. Yeah, and I like even Hitman. I would consider as like like obviously it is stealth, but it's like its own thing. It's an assassination game, which has stealth elements, but then it has like it's like wacky too. And it's fun, you know. Stealth games aren't fun. It's like Siphon Filter. But you like the siphon filter is not a fucking stealth game. I don't know what it is. Is but it it's not? not a stealth game? <laughs> I don't think so. I guess it's not. I don't know what. What were you gonna say that I like? You don't even what know. I, what did you? I don't know. Yeah, I was you don't a, even oh, know what you're uh, blacklist, blacklist, Splinter Cell. Yeah, I mean, I did like that. That was no, I, I did like that. Stealthy. But Splinter Cells are dope, and that was co-op. That's I've like those are actually like fun. We don't have any of those anymore. Well, we're going to get a remake apparently in 2077. No, nah, we won't. But we can start talking about the showcase and see what we will be getting. Let's see what we are getting. Let's get into the main topics of this week. 
Okay, so for the PlayStation Showcase, I feel like the best way to do this is we have a pretty big list here of most of what was there, if not everything that was there. And we'll go in kind of piece by piece, talk about our feelings on them in no particular order. We did watch it together. And so this happened a couple of days ago now. And so we've had time to simmer on it, right? We had our emotional reaction while we were watching it. And then and logic maybe has has uh i don't know maybe had taken an effect maybe changed our opinion maybe not changed our opinion before we get into a breakdown though like what is a how did you feel about it now versus like when we just finished it um the more i think about it the more pissed i get mm. emotionally but logically i think i said it for, i said it when we finished it and i say it and i still say it now it's a c because i'm thinking of the fact that not everybody is as tuned into the game industry and there were surprises for people who don't know about like the project Q light, like the fucking the accessory, like probably a lot of people don't know that that was like a rumored thing. So people probably lost their shit when they saw that. Mm -mm. And then also the same thing with metal gear solid. I think that was probably people that lost their shit about that. And Alan wake Two getting dated. That's probably cool to somebody who doesn't know that, but a, a lot of these things were rumored and were known beforehand. So that kind of just we I I legitimately don't think I saw anything new outside of the live service free to I say free to play in terms of aesthetic, but I also am not assuming that these games are actually going to be free to play. Oh, so like cool. the Haven nice. Fire Haven, um, what was the other one? Haven is Concord, correct? And no, then Fair Games is Haven is Fair Games. Haven is Fair Games, and Firewalk is Concord. Firewalk. Firewalk is Concord. And then we had lovely foam stars from Square Enix. Mm -hmm. But yeah, outside of that, there was really nothing for me um, that was really truly new and surprising. The Plucky Squire, I didn't know about beforehand, but I think was a known entity before the showcase. That looked mm -hmm. really fun in terms of like the smaller games they've shown. I mean, Spider-Man 2 obviously looks fantastic, but I think it's a, C for, it's a C with my brain, my heart. It was like a fucking F. Yeah. I was completely disappointed. For a PlayStation showcase, and then at the end, when Microsoft sent that uh, tweet out with the collection of all the basically big hitters from the showcase being on, available on Xbox, it kind of here. Well, since you brought that up, I can go ahead and read those. Way. So the Xbox did basically post a tweet saying, "Like, wow, we got a good look, good looking group of games here, showing all the games that were at the showcase that are also coming to Xbox." And so those would be Immortals of Avium, Ghost Runner Two. Marathon, Metal Gear Solid Delta, Dragon's Dogma 2, Alan Wake 2, Plucky Squire, Teardown, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Talos Principle 2, Cat Quest, and Neva. So a decent portion of those games. I also wanted to comment to I agree that the maybe the masses or people who aren't as tuned in could have been surprised by some things. What I understand like from the temperature of kind of just like what I'm seeing online, I don't think there are a lot of people that are very excited about that Project Q thing. People seem more pissed. They're like, we have remote play and we have a backbone. Why are you doing that? That's what I've been seeing. I would say those people don't have a backbone. I love my backbone, yeah. but it's not the most comfortable thing to hold. It doesn't have like... It's good to play like if you're like sit laying down in bed because you can like lay it on your lap and don't have to like hold it up completely. And it's mm -hmm. also good for non-action games. I think that the Q light is going to be better for more like action intense games. Like playing Persona on the backbone, fucking fantastic because mm -hmm. turn based. I don't got to stress about anything, but like trying to play like 
Warzone on it, which do I want to play Warzone on the Q Light? No, but if it plays well, that'd be kind of cool. Do you think it's more the what's holding you back from playing action games? Is it more the controls on the device or do you think it's more of the internet streaming? I think it's the latency and then also this is sound really dumb, but the offsetting sticks kind of fuck with me. No, no, no. I don't think that sounds dumb. I think that sounds fair because I that's I'm curious because the difference between Q Light and the Backbone to me is the controls. I don't see how the internet streaming will be very different. So if the streaming is the problem, then I don't know if that would fix it. But controls wise, it totally makes sense. Latency, I don't feel like there's really. I don't think latency is that big of an issue if you have a solid internet connection. Mm-hmm. I think it's mainly the controls. Which, but the backbone is great for what it is. It's literally like I just have it in my car at any moment. I can just plug it in and play my PlayStation games and like have a great time. But mm-hmm. the Q Light is more of like. And then I also saw, I don't know if you saw this, it's uh, rumored to have four hours of battery life, which some people I think are upset about that. But I'm like, that's perfect. It's like, that's like something you just have on your couch while I'm watching my Miami Heat fucking blow a game seven. I'm just having mm. my little Q light here. Or like on a Sunday when I'm watching nothing but football and just have my Q light. Like, or if Pam wants to use the main TV, the Q light's a nice eight inch screen. It's bigger than the Switch screen. So I think that, I think that it's not a bad product. I do know that some people that are complaining probably don't even have a backbone so don't even have any experience to actually speak upon it but the backbone is great and it depending on pricing too if, it, if this is going to be a 300 dollars fucking thing then i would say get the backbone because it's only 100 and it probably works as well you're not going to be playing that many action intense games on it as you would on like your regular playstation anyways like i don't mm-hmm. expect me to be playing like devil may cry on the q light but like if it plays better that's cool to have that option yeah, that's true. I mean, we'll just have to see when it comes out because it's it's hard to judge it actually correctly without it being out in the wild. I think the couple of big factors, right? Price is going to be important. It depends what they're trying to launch or price it at. And then if there is some kind of technology in there that makes streaming better, then that would be something that would make it stand leagues above just like having your phone. So we'll see. I think I think that we'll just have to see in time. I also feel similar on a on a on a high like overarching end where when we watched the showcase I was like this shit sucks and then kind of trying to think about it logically through in later days. I don't think that I feel much better about it. I'm just not as upset cuz like time has passed, but I don't Yeah. I I think that for me both logically and emotionally I don't think it was the best. I think that my biggest Nowhere near my biggest complaint really is that it didn't feel like a Sony PlayStation showcase. It just felt like a here's an update with like a lot of partners and a lot of indies and a lot of things that are going to be multi-platform. So it didn't feel like the Sony showcase that they were promising us. Also, like when you're quiet for that long, right? The last one we had was in 2021. Expectations are going to be somewhat high. But even then, it's also we're comparing it to your last showcase and at your last showcase you showed spider-man 2 wolverine grand turismo 7 horizon forbidden west like those are all the playstation portion and then there's the other stuff too which is cool but so i think that's why i think though we didn't see anything because i don't think what that signals to me what this showcase signals to me is that there's not anything really in terms of traditional first party single player playstation games that are going to be coming out anytime soon like the, it, those were announced because those games all came out within like eight months of that showcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I and don't think, and that and that's their new approach now. So that it's concerning on two fronts, where it's like that means we don't have anything, and you also didn't show anything. Like I don't even know 
Like, we're probably going to get all these games at the end of the generation and then get a PS6. Yeah, probably. I also just think that a lot of the a lot of their focus is just going to be into live service. So I don't think we'll mm-hmm. even have as many single player games in totality. Because I think the frustrations yeah. that a lot of people have was being like, where are the single player games? But if you're just to say Sony games, they'd be like, oh, well, we showed you Haven. We showed you Firewalk. That's not really showing us anything, but that's probably the argument they would have. And that's another thing, too, where it's fine if you don't want to show us anything. But what out of 34 games, 30 for 35 games or something like that, mm-hmm. like out of the main like AAA or like Sony first party games. The only one that showed gameplay is fucking Marvel Spider-Man and uh, the Immortals Avenger, whatever the fuck, the magical Ghost of Tsushima shooter game. Sure. Those were like the only games that showed like gameplay outside of the small indie stuff, which the gameplay is simple enough where you understand. Mm-hmm. But nothing else really showed actual gameplay. Metal Gear Solid didn't show gameplay. Fair Games didn't show I would gameplay. Say... Con- but Phantom Blade showed gameplay, Ghost Runner 2, and Alan Wake. And I'd say Assassin's Creed. Those all showed gameplay. Assassin's Creed showed gameplay? Yeah, that was all like in, in-game, like playing. Uh, it just looks kind of good. I didn't think that was a gameplay trailer. It was a gameplay no, trailer. Oh, uh, well, I guess. I guess I'm talking shit. No, no, no. I, it's, but it's confusing. I, I think you're coming from a place that makes sense, though. Like, it's not... It was, it was confusing is, like, one of the best ways to say it. Like, while we were watching it, I know me and you were both, like... You know when you're watching something with somebody but you don't want to say that you think it's bad because you don't know how the other person feels? Like, that's how I felt, like, halfway yeah. in. I was like, does this shit suck or is it just me? Yeah. I mean, I mean more from the PlayStation side of things, too, where, like, fair game... I All the PlayStation shit I wanted to see actual gameplay for. So I don't know mm-hmm. what fair games is. I don't know what Concord is. And, I and I mean, yeah, the, I don't know. I'm talking shit. The VR shit all had gameplay. Mm-hmm. I'm just full of shit. Then I no, guess. you're not full of shit. I'm, I mean, I'm the, sorry. The... I resend. I resend my comment. Let's do it. I this guess way. there was plenty of gameplay. So before we get into the weeds of it, let's go ahead and break these down, and we can attack these one by one. Because as a whole, it is kind of a mess. So let's just see one by one what we got. We'll start off with which is probably like the big one to discuss. We'll talk about mm-hmm. Spider-Man Two, which is what they capped it with, but which we expected that they would kind of close it with. They better show it. Is kind of the energy that we had. They gave us a nice 10 minute gameplay showing different move sets, showing Peter Parker with a symbiote suit, showing Miles Morales. You can switch between the two. Insomniac already spoke about the fact that there's not co-op, but you can switch between the characters. Um, the trailer opened with Craven the Hunter. And when we were watching it, I looked at Joel and I was like, oh, I think that might be Sabretooth from Wolverine. So I guess I guess I wasn't the only one. I had heard other people online that didn't know too much about Craven being like, oh, is this Wolverine? So they showed that gameplay trailer, which looked excellent, and that was the cap. However, kind of one of the big things I wanted to discuss is like that ended with just fall 2023, which I thought was crazy. It was definitely a bummer ending because the gameplay and what they showed does look awesome. It looks fantastic. And like all the new gadgets for maneuvering and stuff like that, they have wingsuits now. Mm-hmm. It looked really really cool and it, i love that it's playstation 5 only too so it's gonna be the first spider-man ins- insomniac well not insomniac product because ratchet and clink but first spider-man game truly on next gen so that's gonna be nice but yeah the fall 2023 that was crazy i'm like how do we not have a date for this game mm-hmm. i agree like it just doesn't make any sense but i guess it doesn't also make sense 
like nothing PlayStation is doing is making sense, but I guess they want to have a separate state of play that is focused only around Spider-Man to get like another second bump when they release the release date to like lead it into like marketing. That's the only reason mm-hmm. I can think that because like if they gave a release date now, six months before it comes out, like nobody's going to care about it. It's not going to be a buzzing thing. Yeah, I think that's fair. It's a probably marketing and strategically sound way of doing it. It's just not fun, which I think is a no, lot not of, fun at all. Yeah, which I think is a lot of what we're lacking where we don't know what projects they have and what order they're going to do them. But I don't think it's too wild to say that maybe they're just going to do like a one game per strategy of like, well, mm-hmm. Spider-Man's what we have right now. And then once Spider-Man comes out, here's the next thing. But it's not it's a very. I would say it's a very like stale way of doing it. And you're not really going to build up that much excitement. Also, I think it weeds out people because then you're not going to have people excited for different kinds of games. You're just going to be like, well, if you have a PlayStation, this is the one game we're going to show you and you got to be fucking excited for it. And then we'll show you next. But it's almost like you don't even have a choice of like what to be excited for. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. But what did you think about the gameplay, though, overall? What was shown? Yeah, it looks great. I mean, with Spider-Man, it's... uh, it's one of those things that what I was trying to describe when I was talking to some people about it is I think it looks awesome. I think it looks like a lot of fun. One of the one of the biggest things with this generation is I want to be introduced to games that I don't know that much about. So while Spider-Man 2 is incredibly exciting, I know exactly like not story wise, but I know when I play it, like I know what I'm going to be doing the whole time. So it's fun and it's exciting. And I know I'm going to enjoy it, but it's not like a shocker moment. Right. Also, the only shock really was like the they didn't put a release date on it some of the positives though <laughs> is we were watching it and they have the wingsuits and they're going through the cities one of the first things that i thought of is like damn they're definitely going through the cities faster than they were mm-hmm. in the other games which means that it's a ps5 only game because insomniac previously spoke about the speed is really capped at how fast the system could load in so because they're now on yeah. like fully using an ssd they can you can swing faster which is cool so it's cool to see tech stuff like that kind of take charge. The gameplay section that they showed was really, really cool. I can't help but think that it looked exactly like an Uncharted scene in Uncharted 4. Still cool. The chase scene, yeah. The chase scene in Madagascar gave me very similar energy of that where the characters, you know, like hopping from vehicle to vehicle, kind of destroying the vehicles and then moving through and then like kind of, I mean, Obviously, they're Spider-Man, so they have their webs, but like attached by like a grapple hook or something. So it looked really cool. I think what I'm trying to say is I thought it was sick. I just didn't think that that was enough for them to be like, this is the bang. I felt like that had to be there and they needed to have like one or two other things to like round it out. That should have opened the show, in my opinion. I agree with that. I do think that should have opened the show. Because I think that was like an like everyone is like, yeah, obviously that'll be here. Like it has to be. And it was and you I mean you can't deny it was a great showing. Like the game mm-hmm. looks fantastic. So it would have been perfect for the opening. It would have set a better tone. Mm-hmm. But what we got opened with definitely set the tone of what we were expecting for what we saw in the rest of the show. But another thing that was cool about this, we did have confirmation it's outside of Manhattan as well. We obviously have Manhattan from the first game, but then I think it also has the Queens and um East River in there as well. Mm-hmm. 
So two more sections of New York, just exploring more like the neighborhood side of New York too, which is going to be interesting how you traverse around because there's not fucking tall buildings in every single part of New York. That's mainly just Manhattan. I heard that that's, that's why all Spider-Man games take place there. I heard the that's why the wingsuit maybe maybe the wingsuit is that makes sense. So in those areas, it's easier to, to traverse because there's no buildings. Like maybe you're just like pulling yourself and you do like the L L one R one and then just wingsuit. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, because they showed Miles like attaching onto two things and like pulling himself to launch it. So maybe that's how they get around that. I have no doubt that the game yeah. will be fantastic, right? Like I have complete trust mm-hmm. in that team. I think it was like you're saying, more so just like the placement. Like that would have been a great way to start the show, maybe not cap it. Yeah. And also another thing too that makes me like melancholic as well is that Insomniac is like such an amazing studio and has such a great output and they've literally been carrying the PlayStation generation so far Mm. on the PS5. It's like I wish they were tied to or not tied to any IP and were able to create freely whatever they wanted to as opposed to now being put like put in this like Marvel bucket where it's like you're going to be our Marvel studio because you can make games fast and you can make games great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I, it wasn't, I didn't have any reason to think or expect Wolverine to be there, but even just like a little something, like, if you, I would have loved to see, uh, I would have loved to see like a teaser that sets a tone for it being like an M game, like something violent. Yeah. Quick violent scene. Just anything. Like, we know it's there. So just say, like, there's a, mm-hmm. I would say there were a number of games where, we knew they existed, so just why weren't they there? That makes me think of like Stellar Blades, Silent Hill 2, Pragmata. Those games where it's just like, why are, what are they doing? Like, what is even happening with those games? Stellar Blade not being there is criminal. I think so. I, I totally agree. I also think, I mean, maybe it'll be at a different It looked like thing. a finished product when we first saw it. There was gameplay. It was a decent I, chunk, too. I agree. I think it was weird that Silent Hill 2 wasn't there. I think it's even weirder because Metal Gear Solid Delta was there. I just don't understand why Silent Hill 2 was there in no capacity. They've said that it's like playable so. front to back. Like I, I would expect that out at the end of this year or beginning of next year. Maybe they want to do their own little Silent Hill Maybe. Yeah. showcase. Because I, I feel like, but see, I was going to use that as an excuse me. I'm like, oh, maybe that's why Sony's announcements aren't good. But this is a PlayStation showcase. Mm-hmm. So you need to show your own fucking games. It doesn't matter. Like, the third party releases and surprises should not be the biggest things coming out of a PlayStation showcase. Yeah, I agree. Totally. So we, we can continue. On yeah, we can continue. Can on. It's fine. I, I know that this is going to happen. We're clearly already getting jazzed up about it. And overall, obviously, right, we'll still try to be excited and positive. We're not trying to just be negative to be negative. It's just it's confusing is really it. Like even from an analytical standpoint, we're trying to look at these things at different angles. A lot of them don't make a lot of sense, but Let's continue. So what the show did actually end up opening opening up with was them showing off Haven's first game. It's just called Fair Games with a dollar sign as the S. This is going to be a competitive PvP heist experience coming to PS5 and PC. This one has, you know, this is the one that's Haven by the studio by Jade Raymond, right? Which I think I don't think it's any surprise. Everyone knows my stance on like I don't really care about a studio that's like one person named um we'll just see what they actually do but it looks very watchdogs very like high tech pvp um it looks okay it's a cg trailer i don't know when this is going to come out this is definitely going to be another one of the part of the live service initiative so i don't have too much to say the multiplayer anything that i know is just pvp i'm pretty much not completely out for but just 
I don't know how my interest is. Like, I, they don't get me excited, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think the PvP PvE thing doesn't isn't really the. Once I hear live service, once I hear multiplayer only, I'm like it doesn't change how I feel. I view both in the same kind of sense. Mm-hmm. But um, fair games. I mean, aesthetically, it looks kind of cool. I know the art director from the first two Watch Dogs games is on this project. That's why it has that kind of cyber, not cyberpunk, but like uh, futuristic, super techie kind of vibe with it. I'm, what I'm confused about is this looks like a payday kind of heist game, mm-hmm. which is that similar and all to those extraction style games. So from what I understand, payday is not PVP. Payday is you go in as a team to complete um, like a level to heist. Okay. From what I understand, I could be wrong. I think payday is you go in as a team, do a mission, leave. I think what they're trying it's to like set raids. up for... Yeah, I think what they're trying to set up for this is maybe, and again, we don't really know because it's a CG trailer, but what I took from the trailer is teams of three maybe will be trying to heist the same thing, but there will be multiple teams fighting for that, like in the same level, which there is another game that is similar to that, which is being made by um, the team that made Alien Isolation, Creative Assembly, if you remember, called Hyenas, which was announced a while ago. But it, that's another sci-fi uh, heist PvP game. So there is another one out there that is like this. And then Extraction is a little bit different. That's something we'll talk about later. That's like uh, Extraction is like DMZ, Escape from Tarkov. Those are more like you go into a giant map with survival elements and then like make okay, your way Okay, I was just out. asking. I was asking because I was like, is this game like directly competing with Marathon? But Mm-mm. they seem to be in different kind of genres. But yeah, Fair Games, I mean, I don't like the dollar sign S. It looks kind of tacky yeah. just for like a PlayStation kind of game. Very Ubisoft. But PlayStation, yeah, but PlayStation, you know, they do weird stuff sometimes. But hopefully this game is good. That's all. That's basically my reaction to this. Do I think it's going to be good? Um, Probably not, but I'm just hoping. I just need to, I think gameplay goes a long way, especially with it multiplayer does. games. Like, do, is this a first person shooter? Is this a third person shooter? Is this a abilities character heavy kind of one or is this more like you just make a class and you have equipment what do the levels look like because the cg trailer is like okay yeah three people are going to be zip lining up in elevator shields i'm like that shit's probably not going to be happening mid-game so i would like to see what actually does happen yeah or i wonder if it's going to be more tactical like a siege kind of game yeah that's the thing it's like it's it would just be cool to know those but so it's early of course they're just kind of announcing that I believe that one just said 24 on it. Mm-hmm. I think that was just, yeah, 24 as a year. So we'll see more from that at some point. Another game, which actually we didn't mention at all earlier, which probably speaks to how excited we are, is Helldivers 2 is going to be <laughs> dropping on PS5 later this year. That opened up with a pretty cool looking, like kind of funny trailer where the guy that was in it, I was like, oh, is he animated? And I think he was, so it looks really cool. And then we saw mm-hmm. the trailer itself, and we saw that clearly they've put much more money into this, where it's now an over-the-shoulder third-person shooter, where it used to be a top-down game. And we did know about this for a while. I want to say that right now when we're recording the this... video leak. Yeah, it's May 28th, so we knew about Helldivers for a really long time. But I mean, even more in the official capacity of like maybe a couple months ago is when that trailer kind of mm-hmm. first was making the rounds yeah um 
we didn't talk about it, but this is also this was one of the games where it's like this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Whatever, like it being third person over the shoulder definitely has me more drawn to it as opposed to it being the over the top kind of gameplay. So I'm interested to see what it is. Um, it, um, Hell Divers is more PVE, mm-hmm. so I wonder how they're gonna, you know, just how they support it, how it reviews. This kind of gonna be a wait and see approach with this game pricing. You know, is it going to launch on the plus? You know, there's a, there's a lot of factors that can play into this. Yeah, definitely. And and again, another one of those things is just later this year. I don't know what that means. So that it, it's hard to get excited without like a month at least, especially if it's within the next half of the year. Yeah, but that one looks which is weird because a lot of the third party stuff had months That's... or dates on it, like Assassin's Creed and. Um... Alan Wake 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So moving on, another kind of PlayStation multiplayer game is Concord. This is the one by Firewalk Studios, which is a newly acquired studio into the PlayStation family. This one is going to be a PvP multiplayer first-person shooter coming to PS5 and PC. This one is also uh, this one is sci-fi, so the CG trailer kind of showed a very colorful spaceship. Kind of gave me like 70s, 80s, kind of Guardians of the Galaxy almost with the colors of like the sh- mm-hmm. of the ship itself. But again, uh we know it's first person and we know it's PVP. Don't know much otherwise. I don't think this one had a year or anything like that. It was kind of just them announcing the title of what Firewalk is working on. Yeah, this one again, the trailer did look cool aesthetically, but I don't know what it is. First being it being a first person shooter is interesting just cuz Sony hasn't made a first person shooter in a hot minute, so mm-hmm. That'd be fun. This one, so this one, I would say I'm more excited for than Hell Divers or Fair Games, because mm-hmm. I don't know what Firewalk has to offer, but it's exciting because, like, like with with Haven, for example, I have kind of an idea that it's going to be a little bit Ubisofty. Not saying Ubisoft is bad, but I'm getting the Jade Raymond, the art director from Watchdogs, so that gives me somewhat of an idea of what I'm going to get. Firewalk, I don't really know, which could be good or bad, but it could be good. And then it's first person, which I know I like, and sci-fi sounds cool, so it just kind of depends when we see it. And nobody's name is attached to it. It's just a studio. You know what's another big thing for me, too? We, Me and Joel were talking about how a lot of times, of course, when there are trends going on in the industry, you're going to have other copycats kind of come up, and that's kind of something we were talking about with these heisting games, these extraction, battle royale games, and Foam Stars is something we'll talk about later as being kind of a Splatoon clone. But with Concord, at the moment, them just saying PvP multiplayer, if it's just like a nice, like standard, like maybe 6v6, whatever multiplayer game, but it's just really sci fi, I'm super down for that. I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking, but when you said first person shooter, the first thing that popped in my mind, because I think uh, the vibe is similar in terms of aesthetics a little bit, it was Bioshock 2 multiplayer. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I would love something like that. Just like a really cool, they're not tied to any IP, so they can make whatever kind of levels they want. Like, you know, it makes me think of too. It makes me think of how good Splitgate was, but if they were to make something like Splitgate, but a little bit more... Like Splitgate, I felt like was really good, but kind of died on the fact that its big mechanic was the like making the portals. making the portals. And then after that, I didn't feel like there was much. If they can make this a mm-hmm. well-rounded PvP game, that's interesting. I'm super into it. Yeah, no, that's it's not the the harshness of the in the reaction to the show is not that these games we think are essentially going to be bad, but it's like there's no there's not even gameplay going with them as well. Mm-hmm. And 
I get I get very and no dates. No dates. And I get, I think you know, maybe this is a me problem, but I get preemptively stressed. I don't know if stressed is the right word, but I get worried that these games come up and they're like, hey, this is going to be this PvP extraction game. And then I'm like, fuck, all right, I hear that. I'm thinking like hour-long matches. I'm going to need to know the meta, all this kind of stuff, live service. Like, I'm worried that these games are going to take a ton of my time. When I hear just first-person shooter PvP, I think like, oh, maybe like five to ten minute matches. That doesn't sound too stressful. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. So... And when I think about fair games, I'm like, okay, it's a three-person heist game. Well, I'm going to need a team of three, which I have, but not all the time, right? We get busy. So I think those are the aspects of multiplayer games that don't get me excited where I'm like, fuck, it's already like a life problem I have to figure out. Like, when am I going to play it? Who am I going to play it with? But this one is interesting. I would like to see more about it, but I totally understand them needing time because they are very fresh. Like, I'm surprised they even had anything to show here. And ideally, you would think the game, like idea or what they've shown to Sony, was good enough that you know they purchased them before the showcase, probably to announce this game. So mm-hmm. hopefully, this game is good. It sold sold Herman Hulse and uh, Jim Ryan on it. So, and we know something that just for an overarching part of the new like live service initiative is Sony purchased Bungie. But Bungie's games are still going to be multi-platform. But the reason why I bring this up is because kind of more in-detail stories have been coming out now about Bungie taking the time to kind of review all of their other live service games. games. Yeah, and so I guess they're like really being... uh, I don't want to say harsh. They're being very thorough. So I guess they're being very thorough and like they're not holding back any punches of talking to Jim Ryan and be like, hey, this needs to be this way. This needs more time. You need to slow down this project. This is what has to happen here, which I think is ultimately good that they have somebody like that on their team who knows what they're doing to vet these games and get them out in the correct way. But I bring that up because I think we're seeing a lot of these live service games. I don't know when they're necessarily going to happen, but also I wonder if that has anything to do with the us not seeing the factions game, which is surprising that we didn't see factions there at all. But we will talk about that a little bit later because Naughty Dog had a statement to say on that. But moving on with the showcase, we can move into Alan Wake 2, which we did kind of see a leak earlier that it would be coming out in October, and that does seem to be true. So they showed a little gameplay trailer for Alan Wake 2, and that's going to launch on PS5 on October 17th. That is not exclusive. That will be coming to Xbox as well. Some of the interesting tidbits with Alan Wake 2 is that it will be launching at $60, or at the moment it will be launching at $60. They did announce right after the showcase that there will be no physical versions. It seems like they might be walking back on that. But I Oh, really? I think they might be walking back on that, but I don't know if they're talking about changing the price. So I think what sounds like... Hap- and it is a little confusing, so they, I think they have to make another comment because what I understand is they announced, hey, to keep costs down, we'll be charging 60 but there'll be no physical edition. And then from what I understand, sense. a lot of people were like, oh, but I need a physical edition because I don't know why. But, you know, people have different needs. So I guess there are people that were upset that there was going to be no physical edition. And then I think that they were kind of like, OK, well, maybe in certain situations there will be a physical edition. But I think it would be hard for them to be like, OK, well, that means we also have to raise it to 70. So I don't know where they're sitting with that i think it's a tough position to be like we're saying that it's cheaper and then you have people complaining about the reason why it's cheaper so i don't know what they're going to do at the moment i would say there's no physical edition and it's 60 but it does sound like there's like a back and forth there i think that that was an interesting approach 
and I wonder if other publishers and developers would follow suit. Because, mm-hmm. and also I feel like that remedy is kind of exposing, which I do think games should. Not that they should be 70, but I don't have an issue with paying 74 games. Mm-hmm. But they kind of expose something with the other developers and publishers where it's like, well, why don't you just make it cheaper in the store to push people towards the, you know, the yeah. digital copies, which you make, which the, like, you know, each conglomerate makes more money. Steam makes more money when you buy it digitally. PlayStation buy, well, there's no physical Steam games, but, you know, PlayStation and Xbox make more money when you buy it on their store as opposed mm-hmm. to buying it physically. So, yeah, you know, I hope maybe we might see it where like they have the game is like sixty dollars on on the store on the PlayStation Store, but seventy if you want to buy it in retail. Yeah, I mean, we will see. I think overall it looks good. The they showed a little bit of gameplay where there are going to be two protagonists. I think that was probably like the one big surprise over the shoulder third person. One thing that I thought when I was watching it, I don't know if you caught this energy too. So I thought I was like, this looks great. Like it does. This looks like Resident Evil. I was just about to say that you motherfucker. I was gonna like this. I was gonna say it looks like Resident Evil, and it, I wonder what the engine is because it looks like the RE engine, mm, like in a good way. I know that they said that they want to take this yeah. further into a horror style of game, and I love that. I'm not gonna be like, oh, it looks like Resident Evil. That's bad. No, that's awesome. Horror games are one of the few where I don't really mind if they copy each other because they're so short and they're just so fun mm-hmm. to play that I don't mind. So. I thought that looked really cool, but yeah, it definitely made me think of that just over the shoulder with the pistol really dark, but everything looked really like animated well. So and the, in the, yeah, I agree. It, it did give me RE vibes, not only in terms of over the shoulder, but like the quality and the visuals mm-hmm. too. So I'll definitely and be excited also, for that. Also made me think of another game that you love is evil within with mm. like how like the world is changing all the time and shit like that. I know the second one like really fucks with that. That's true. Yeah, that is true. That was, and I was happy to see that because when the trailer first started, Joel knows that I audibly was like, "Oh, it's just gonna be in the same town." And then they showed a different location. I was like, "All right, this never guy, mind. I'm excited." Yeah, I know. Guy, this guy can't appreciate nothing. He can't appreciate shit. I know. Hard to please. Just shit on it instantly. Just complaining the whole time. But I thought that looked pretty good. I know. So excited for yeah, that overall. This, is, this will definitely probably be a day one purchase. I mean. Again, I don't know when Spider-Man is going to be released, but, you know, the the fall we're getting a little bit more filled out, but it still looks like a pretty chill fall in general. And we'll get the Summer Games Fest on June 8th, which should hopefully round out most of what mm-hmm. else would be coming this fall. And so another thing in October, right? So right before Alan Wake 2 is Assassin's Creed Mirage will be coming out October 12th. It was a gameplay trailer that they showed. It takes place in 9th century Baghdad. You play as Basim from Valhalla. Valhalla. So I thought it looked pretty good overall. I thought the gameplay looked nice. One thing that I thought was nice is, did you see that it's fifty dollars? Oh my god! So I thought that was What's cool. Going on? They it's did publishes. say now they said that it is a smaller scale game. So I think that's why they're like it's not a Valhalla type of game they're like this is going to be similar to the size of the first assassin's creed but yeah it's 49.99 on the store that's cool i don't like how that is phrased though because it's like shitting on smaller games like being like why don't you charge cheaper for smaller experiences like i don't like that justification that ubisoft is using Mm. but the game does look cool and it's cool that it's cheaper because you know that i feel like that's kind of like oh well I mean, if it's a 10-hour single-player campaign, well, why would you be charging $70 for that? It's like, well, bitch, because it's fucking good. That's why you're paying $70 for it. I think it depends. 
I can understand both sides of it. I can understand an angle of, well, let's kind of change the price per what the game entails, but maybe not just on length, right? Because you can have a 10-hour game that is really expensive and yeah really expensive and really beautiful but you can also have a 10-hour game that's like not that much so i appreciate them making this cheaper because it's going to be a smaller scale experience but i understand the point that you're making of don't belittle like just single player experiences or necessarily shorter experiences yeah i I also wonder how short like it is like 20 dollars, like cheaper like what is this gonna be like a 15-hour assassin's creed game which would be fucking dope i think it sounds like that is what it would be now i wonder what's more expensive in game development i guess this would be an interesting conversation to have with just like a team or maybe we'll we'll try to eventually have somebody on to talk about it but the idea of assassin's creed they're going to be building a small world that will be detailed that you're going to run around do whatever in but those other kind of games that me and you're talking about that could be eight to ten hours but really expensive being multiple levels and like big set pieces i wonder how expensive like a big action set piece is to make versus just like having an open world if that makes sense like assassin's creed is going to make a playground for you to play around in, but there's not i don't think i've never thought of assassin's creed as having like set piece moments yeah that i mean that's true i want like when you said that the first thing i thought about it was the cruise ship and uncharted 3 mm-hmm. and not when you get on it like before climbing onto it and i mean i wonder how that is justified in budget like is that more expensive because of how big it is digitally or like is the more practical things where like there's a lot of mocap action is that what's more expensive because mm. i'm pretty sure it's pretty easy to mocap drake just climbing because that, does, that doesn't cost because you're just repeating the same mm-hmm. movement but like when it's like a full-on fight scene and like you know drake is punching motherfuckers and all that shit mm-hmm. or like when he's falling out of the plane like does that cost more because the mocap is more intensive for that so that'd be interesting to like you said have somebody on that knows more about game development and actual cost what what costs more, the in-game like set pieces or like the actual mo-capping? Yeah, because I feel like the dynamic nature of set pieces and even though necessarily a lot of them, they're made to look like dynamic things are happening, but they are pretty on rails. But still, it is something different happening versus like making a level and then just having different interactables in levels. So I'd just be curious like to compare. It may be more time consuming, definitely, because like the code and having everything like you're like, this is supposed to fall here. But oh, fuck, mm-hmm. when we when it falls here, the whole world shuts down. Yeah, totally. I'm sure. And it's like I they've got to take. So we know that there are some smaller stories about stuff like this. One of the fun stories that I always think about is in Dead Space. Uh, when you're walking through a hallway, there's a hallway that you're walking through and this big kind of tentacle grabs you by the ankle and slams you down and pulls you through the tunnel while you're shooting at yeah. it. And I know that the creator of the game basically like talked about how that one like small piece was like a huge pain in the ass. Like they wanted to do it but to make it for some reason was really difficult to have the character being dragged and to be aiming and shooting without like breaking the game. So I I'm, I'm sure that those set pieces are a lot of work to do but they sometimes will make a game like the lasting memories like yeah those are memorable those are memorable moments in games and i feel like that's why we lack a lot of memorable moments in current games because the set pieces are kind of gone yeah i agree i i feel like playstation some like god of war and spider-man still have them yeah so and not but yeah naughty dog those, always has those set them pieces 
Yeah, they do. They they do. I've, what is part two? I don't want to spoil part two. I, well, the burning building here. So that, that was that's a lot. I think that with part two, I don't want to talk about it in detail here because I think it's recent enough, and especially with the new show, that like I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to spoil it for people. There's a lot of new I, fans. I do think you should play it again because uh, I'm playing it. <laughs> I you know you know I'm always playing it. I actually didn't have it on my show notes, but I was playing that last night. I played it for like 30, 40 minutes. So I'm always playing that in the background, and I know we talked mm-hmm. about it recently where i mentioned a character's name you're like i don't even know who that is you should probably play it again like it's been a couple years it's just like a like a refresher because there are definitely set pieces in it but i don't want to say them here but it's worth replaying like it's still an incredible game from a technical perspective i I think i may do that because also i just have to replay it or i have to play it for with pam oh yeah that way she can understand the story for last of part two and become a real real nerd like us because see the thing is is that i understand the strategy that you normally take which i think makes sense of being like oh well when part three is about to come out i'll replay it but my thing now especially after the showcase is like that might not be for like five years yeah i might be good on that there'll be there'll be a part two ps5 version by the time part three comes out so you're right i think i could just replay it again on this yeah so Moving on from Assassin's Creed, we did see a trailer for Dragon's Dogma 2, upcoming game from Capcom. It's an RPG. I don't have too much to say about this one because I didn't play the first one. I hope that they bring the first one onto new consoles and like HD. That'd be cool. I don't need a remake, but like if they just ported it over, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this is good. I mean, I'll be right now. My my uh, my view on games is every game that's being released, since there's so few games being released, I'm cursorily interested in i'm gonna do a little bit of research see like do i jive with it at all dragon Mm -hmm. dogma i may possibly jive with it i heard nothing but great things about the first one and -hmm. it's kind of cool because it's a japanese developer's take on a western rpg yeah that is interesting interesting. and like you're saying yeah just taking a better look at what games are coming out i mentioned it wasn't at the showcase but before the show i was telling joel that i i looked at a gameplay overview trailer for aliens dark descent which comes out next month yeah looks really good i was really surprised is it's not my normal type of game it's more that firaxis kind of style of XCOM or midnight suns where it's kind of an over-the-top strategy game managing your characters and resources and missions but i i'm a slut for alien so i also love like everything <laughs> in the alien universe and i think it looks really cool so especially now just to to go with what you were saying it, it it makes sense to take the time to look at things you might not normally be interested in just because there's not quite as much quantity to play. So they also did show another kind of interesting choice is Sony did show some stuff that was a little bit like soon coming out. So I don't really have much to say about, but they did show street fighter six and that comes out like next month. I would even argue that immortals game that comes out in July. So I felt like that was something that cool to remind people, but it's coming out pretty soon and it's not a PlayStation game. So it just kind yeah. of feels like filler. The other one that I, I do want to mention here, because it's kind of similar, but it is a PlayStation game, is they did show a big gameplay trailer for Final Fantasy 16, which I think the game looks excellent. I don't really understand. Well, I mean, I guess I, I get that they would have that here because it's a PlayStation game, but it just feels like it's coming out so soon. When, with I think with nothing else new to like kind of overshadow it it feels worse i agree if, now if there's a bunch of bangers released and you're like well of course they gotta have final fantasy 16 in there that's the you know the marketing strategy yada 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 we would justify it with that 
But when there's fucking nothing else in Final Fantasy 16, it looks like one of the best games at the showcase, which is a game we've known about. And you did a specific state of play that was mm-hmm. 20 minutes of gameplay already. I don't really feel like there's a need for that here when there's nothing else new. It feels like padding at this point. I think there's two things they could have done to make that completely all right. You can show the trailer and then after or before, probably after, either show, you literally you could just put a logo up of either Final Fantasy IX, which we know that they're going to do a remake of, or Final Fantasy VII Part Two. Just put a logo. Rebirth. Yeah, they, that's the thing. They don't even need to show up. If they just did the Final Fantasy sixteen trailer and then you know it fades to black and then instead of moving on to the next trailer... You see Final Fantasy come up again, but it's one of those other two. People lose their shit, even though it's nothing new, but it's fun. But they just didn't mm-hmm. do that. I'm pretty sure after they showed the Final Fantasy 16 trailer, they showed us the Gran Turismo movie trailer. Dude, that was horrific. So that that hurt. That was crazy for real. So <laughs> we got another. This is one of the ones that I mentioned earlier, kind of at the top of the show. Foam Stars. This is a this is a Square Enix made or Square Enix produced kind of splatoon type game now i've seen a lot of people online just being like oh it's like just a splatoon ripoff it is but i don't really know why that's being viewed as as like a super negative Thank you. there's not i don't know why that was so negative there's not another version so i get it if i get it if it's a situation where when we're talking about like earlier when i was like oh heist games and battle royale those are all competing on the same platform that already exists there's not another game like splatoon so I'm not really pissed about having it on PlayStation. Yeah. And I also don't think the style... So I think the name Foam Stars is stupid, right? It's corny. Obviously, there's an angle they're trying to take there, but I think it's kind of a dumb name. I don't think it looked that bad. It looked very like nightlife Vegas casino coins, like money, very neon. I thought it looked pretty cool from a like art like perspective. Like a Yakuza Zero kind of vibe. Yeah, and then... Like when everybody was making cash. Yeah, and then the fact that they were like, okay, it's Splatoon. I was like, cool. I don't have one of those on PlayStation. I'm not going to play it on... Or I don't use my Switch for those kinds of games. So, like, I'm cool with that. I don't really have an issue. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I saw that, too, and I was like, why is it getting... I mean, I just the Nintendo fan base is also very strong, mm. so that's probably what it where it comes from, but yeah, I don't view it as a negative. There's no type of game like this on outside of nintendo so it's cool yeah i'm down i'm down to try it out and also like one thing i pointed out to you i think this may be like one of the first uh first attempts from the big publishers in japan like square enix konami capcom into like the free-to-play live service verse so this is kind of interesting now something that we're gonna have to be careful outside of final fantasy 14 yeah something that we're gonna have to be careful about moving forward is i don't think a lot of these games are going to be free to play i think almost all these games will have a ticket price up front the reason why I say that is because I think the I think free to play used to be a way to entice players out of all of the other current games happening, but now if we're in a if we're in a landscape where most of the games coming out are these live service multiplayer games, I think they can just charge for all of them. So I think you will pay a ticket price to get in and then you will have all the extra monetizations that are normal. I don't think these games are going to be free. I it's a case by case again I have to see more gameplay because I feel like that also lets you know what it's going to be about too Foam Stars did look a tad bit free to play but not gonna lie you could say that Knockout City looked the same way but that was paid that's true and that's why that failed because it should have been free to play (laughs) well I think a lot of these games will still fail and I don't think free to I don't think free to play is what's making them fail or not fail I just think it's the people are not but it's their best shot yeah it's the best shot to survive like fall guys would have failed if you had to pay 15 dollars to play it 
Well, I don't. I've didn't Fall Guys come out on Plus? I don't think Fall Guys is. Is it just free? Fall Guys is just free. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay, I don't know. And it it was released on Plus. I think it was more like a it was like a PlayStation sponsorship. But I'll look up if Fall Guys actually has a price or not. But I think Fall Guys is something where it's like that was free to play. And I think um, Fall Guys survives succeed. on its originality though, and people like stick yeah. with. It. I think the other games fail just because people try them and then they just like dip out, like they don't stay with them. Which makes sense because these games are all really time consuming. So it's you can't expect people to play multiple of them at the same time. Fall Guys is free. Price free. Yeah, I think uh, I think maybe originally you are right that it came out priced and then they went to free to play. Because I know they re-released it kind of like when you go on mm-hmm. the PlayStation store, it's kind of confusing. There's like Fall Guys and then Fall Guys like PS5, Fall Guys something else. So I don't know yeah. how they did that. But so I guess regardless confusion is again kind of back where we're at where i don't know if these will release with a price or if they won't release with a price right like it mm-hmm. will just have to be case by case basis so we'll see with foam stars when that comes out they did show grand blue fantasy which i don't know too much about they showed there will be two new playable characters in it there was a new trailer for the ea magic first person shooter immortals of Abium. what did you think about that I thought it looked like uh, more. It looked more refined, better Ghostwire Tokyo combat, which I fucking loved Ghostwire's combat. And I think it's combat. I know it gets shit on, but it fits the aesthetic of the world. Mm-hmm. Side tangent there, but I think it looks like it's more faster pace and more refined and more uh, just more just more intense Ghostwire. It's it's a lot quicker from this small gameplay snippet we did see. So. I am interested to play in it. The aesthetic I do not like at all. It looks like Kingdom, not uh, it looks like a Kingdom Amalur's Reckoning, like that kind of vibe, mm. like just generic kind of fantasy. Gotcha. So, continuing on from there, I just want to say, first of all, whoever wrote this PlayStation blog, you got to do a little bit better because Phantom Blade <laughs> Zero is nowhere on this at all. Jesus. And then that's a great game. That was one of the great games here. Yeah. And then Metal Gear is like in the wrong place. But so let's start with Phantom Blade. So that's not on this post at all. But it, it, that was a clear standout to me. That's coming mm-hmm. by a Chinese studio named S Game, who has worked on other Phantom Blade games that are, I guess, mobile or PC games. But now this will be the first mm-hmm. one that'll be coming to console. I believe this one is actually only going to be on PlayStation, not Xbox. And oh, yeah, baby, we got something. I did think that this game looked pretty fantastic. For a gameplay trailer, I was like, this looks like unreasonably good for being the first showing of it. Uh, yeah, I think it was a it was a nice surprise. This is when I thought the showcase was going to pick up because I think this was like a little maybe like a quarter into the show when we saw this. And this was probably the first big surprise or first game that I was like, "Ooh, what's this? Mm-hmm. That looks good. Yeah, no, definitely. It had that. It's tough to not compare it to things like Sekiro or Neo or Wulong just because there's a lot of those kinds of games. But I still think it stood. I would say the place that it stood on its own the most is the gameplay where they showed kind of one of those gameplays with no HUD. So you don't know exactly what is going on, but it did look very slick. It looked like different fighting stances. I don't know if you're going to have multiple weapons or if you're just going to primary that main sword. The bosses looked pretty cool. Nice infusion of like technology like they showed that one enemy with this giant like cannon arm um yeah so it looks cool no no release date or year which is unfortunate but still cool overall 
but it will yeah, also I think it's very cool. It will it is worth mentioning that that will have to compete with a lot of other games that are from that kind of ancient or I would say like imperial chinese or ancient japanese kind of style because we Aesthetic. also have Rise of the Ronin we more than likely Ghost of Tsushima is probably what Sucker Punch is working mm-hmm. on so we're going to have a lot of those styles of games so I'm hoping that they can all find a way to be successful without damaging the other ones around them. And I hope they all are different. This one you were saying looks a little more frummy in terms of difficulty. Mm -hmm. So that'd be cool if this one's the more difficult out of these three. Rise of the Ronin seems to be going for more of like a Ghost of Tsushima kind of vibe with like guns. I was having a when you said frummy, it's funny you mentioned that I was talking with somebody like in real life about video games. And I was mm-hmm. talking about Armored Core and how excited I am for that. And I was like, yeah, that's the game from uh, that uh, from from. And the person was like, from who? And I was like, no, 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 the studio, like from software. So it's like, it's a funny like abbreviation, but it, was, it also is kind of like a dumb name, like for a studio from software. It's kind of dumb, but it's kind of fire in the same sense. It's fire because like, what it's they like... release is so good. That, yeah, honestly, yeah. If you release good shit, it's good. Because if you think about it, Naughty Dog's kind of corny too. But since Naughty Dog is good, it's like, oh, okay, well. That's I always good. Thought, that's the, I always felt like that was the way it was with most things, where it was like, don't put too much stress on the name of a creative endeavor because if what you're releasing is really good, the name like almost doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we see that a lot. I think with like music, there are plenty of artists I listen to where like I don't even think about the name, but if I do, I'm like, it's kind of a stupid ass name. But yeah, you hear in interviews yeah. a lot of times they're like, yeah, you know, on, on the way to the first gig, we just saw this and we were like, you know what, we'll be called this. And then like, they're really good. So it doesn't matter. We saw a possum lying on the road. So now we're the dead possums. Yeah, exactly. Like that sometimes is all it needs to be. Now, the one last kind of, I guess, big game is Metal Gear Solid Delta. So they showed this is a CG kind of announcement trailer where they you know, snake comes up from the water. They don't really show you much more than that. I don't think this has a year attached to it. It is a snake eater remake. It is coming from Konami, which is important just because I think for a while people were expecting blue point to come out and say that they were remaking either a metal gear solid one. Well, we knew that metal gear solid three wasn't being worked internally because of rumors, but even the first metal gear solid could still be worked on by blue point. We just don't know what they're doing. But so Mm -hmm. I think it's important to mention that this is by Konami because I am really excited for it because it's Metal Gear, but I'm also worried for it because it's Konami and I don't think Konami's proven anything yet. They've kind of just come back out with, hey, we're bringing all of our IP back, but they haven't like fully released the title yet under their own internal dev team. So I don't know the quality of it. What we do know so far, though, is that there will be in, I think they said it was August, I don't know if, let me see. So there, what they did end that kind of announcement with is the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection Volume 1 will include Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty, and Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, and will also include the original Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. like this. So there were older versions of the game that were not Metal Gear Solid. So these are like really classic um, style games. NES games, I believe. Yeah, so they're, they're, they are, they feel very old like i don't know how better way to describe it than that like I don't, i'm trying to <laughs> say, like say how they feel different from the metal gear solid games i feel like they're a little bit more i, I have no idea even what they look like they're over the top like kind of moving around like bases oh, okay 
so That's the cool. collection will include classic versions of the games um complete with minimal edits to copyrighted content and so okay so metal gear solid master collection will be released this fall so similar to other things we have this fall we don't have a date or a month for it but it will be including these those five games now the versions it did say so metal gear solid 2 and metal gear solid 3 will be the hd collection versions and metal gear solid 1 will it just kind of says Metal Gear Solid 1. So now I'm bringing these up to you to say I, they're not updating these past wherever they were last. They're just bringing them over. So these aren't remakes, remasters, or anything like that. They're just porting the games over. Which They're remasters. They they're were not, remastered on PS3. They're not remasters. And they're bringing those versions here. They're not, But they're not remasters. I think it's important to say that because I know... I think they're remasters. But they're not. You, two and three are from the HD collection. One isn't. And they're just not remasters. Like a remaster is not is saying that you're bringing it to modern standards of today. That's not what they're saying. I think they're just being vague. We don't know yet fully. We do know, though. They literally said there. It says like this is the HD collection versions on two and three. And the other ones are not. It's just Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, and Metal Gear Solid. But like not even like mm-hmm. HD version of the first one, just like the first one will be there too. Okay. I think it's important because you know that they're gonna charge us for this. And I know this is a PlayStation kind of specific thing, but it's important to note that like we know for sure you're not gonna get this shit on like premium tier. Like Metal Gear Solid One, you're not gonna get. Which is okay, but it's still worth pointing out of being like, kind of sucks, like a little bit. If they were remastering it, but I feel like that's more of a Konami call than a PlayStation call. I agree, but if they were remastering it, I'd be like totally fine. If they're like, "Hey, we are putting some like even if they're just upraising it like a little more, modernizing controls," I get it. You want me to pay for that? I'm totally down for that. Then maybe you could Mm -hmm. put like the original as it was before on premium. But the fact that they're going to charge you from like the as before, nothing changed version, and you're not going to get it on premium is weird to me. That is weird. I hope. I hope they realize they should probably do a little bit more with it, but they probably won't. And I know that the Castlevania stuff was bare bones in terms of like the game itself, but also there's less to modernize in a 16 bit game. Like you already kind of know what you're going in for. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm not expecting Metal Gear one and Metal Gear two to be like up and remastered. Yeah. So that that's that's OK there. That that is okay. That's fine. I mean, again, I, I I see where you're coming from, where you wish it was on premium, but I think that's more of a Konami than PlayStation call. Mm-hmm. But I am not upset with having access to those games because I have never played them, and I would like to be familiar with them just because how much I love Death Stranding, mm-hmm. and those are like what put Kojima on the map. Yeah, I think totally having access to them is always great. I think I'm just. I don't even say it's not really even like it bothers me that much, but I just am willing to like, I think it's worth being like, hey, PlayStation, like, well, what's up? Like, what's you know, this is your showcase. What's going on with your premium? Like, I don't want you to spend a lot of time about plus, but like it wouldn't have been the worst thing if they were like, hey, these are some things you can expect on like plus over the next year. If they showed like yeah, it's a- almost a year since they announced the switch over. I mean, I thought it would have been pretty fire if they showed like a one to two minute sizzle reel of like some classic games that you can expect coming to premium. Like that would be really cool. But most of the stuff is just left in the dark. Mm -hmm. They could have even, you know what they even could have done, especially since it's the end of May, they could have taken like four to five minutes and been like, hey, for the month of June, these are going to be your PlayStation Plus Essential games. 
these are your extra games and here's what you'll have on premium like that could have taken like that could be one splash screen yeah but like why not do it while you have everyone there everyone's already watching it or you know what they could have done is have like a voting thing for the Mm. plus games but like the premium ones like they did that one time like one or two months where you can vote for whatever the plus game was going to be for the month Mm -hmm. And I think that'd be cool for premium because then that way they at least know where the audience wants on that, on that like tier. Yeah. Agreed. So I think that's the angle I'm taking at it is where it's not necessarily on Konami or metal gear. I'm just, that's just one game that I would have expected where I'm just like, I don't really know what they're doing with the premium service, but back to metal gear, there will be a master collection volume two at some point. I'm assuming that'll be four and five and metal gear solid three Delta snake eater is coming from Konami in-house studio virtuos this will be coming to playstation 5 xbox series x and s and pc so we will see that at some point um does not have a year which is kind of surprising because we've known that they've been working on this for a while and it is a remake yeah that that's true and i'm and i wouldn't i wouldn't uh think that we're going to see this at summer games fest just based on keely's relationship with kojima himself agreed i think we'll see death stranding 2 there i don't think that we're going to see any metal gear so I wonder when's the next time we're going to hear hear about this problem. Yeah, because the VGAs is also him. So yeah, I wonder. I really wonder when we're going to hear next about this. Yeah, I'm not sure. But so kind of rounding out, I think the last big thing, even though I guess I said that with Metal Gear, but it is actually this is going to be Bungie's Marathon. So they showed a CG Ooh. trailer for Marathon, which will be a PvP extraction shooter. Looks very bio, like biology like uh, like very scientific medical is like how a lot of the tech looked if that makes sense mm-hmm. um i think it looks really cool from an art style and it's bungee i'm sure it'll be really good just for me it's pvp only and it's extraction so i'm i'm already a little bit like okay i'm sure it will be really good i don't know if it's for me because they've confirmed that there yeah. will be no kind of pve story or missions or anything like that it is a strictly pvp extraction game which is upsetting because the world does look cool as fuck. It does. So it would be cool to like, learn more about it. But I mean, if the game, like all these multiplayer games is kind of just like a wait and see approach because mm-hmm. A, a lot of them don't even have gameplay in the trailers. And then you just kind of have to see if it builds an audience or not, or if you even drive with the game itself because these games are built, are based on like an audience. And so it's just a wait and see approach and also pricing. I mean, I would assume that this would probably be 70 just because it's coming from Bungie. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can also see it where it's free to play too. Yeah, I don't know. We will, we will see. I think the approach that they've had, if I'm not mistaken, is they've had the approach of launching at 70, and then over time they will decrease the base price of the game, and then all the expansions is what makes them more expensive. Like you can get into Destiny yeah. 2, I think, at a really low price, but once you get in, you like will not have access to most of the things in the game. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to do that since this is only PvP, though. True. Like how that price. So I think Marathon's an interesting game to just keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. They also didn't have a date on it either. No right? date, no, no year. Time, no year, no nothing. Yeah, nothing like that. And then I know that there are people who acted like they played Marathon that were upset that there is no story. But I think when I went back and I looked, it does look really different from original Marathon. I don't know why you wouldn't just call it something else. Kind of makes me think of when Need for Speed called the 2012 one Most Wanted, you know, where it's like... It's the most frustrating thing ever. But it makes me think of that where it's like you're using a name that you previously had, but is it really the same thing? 
it's just a you know easy that's easy eyeballs on a product you just tie it to something that people loved in the past i will say i do think marathon's a good name for a game it it's very like i've always remembered marathon just because i'm like damn that's a fucking good name mm-hmm. for a game so i will say if they're competing against stuff like foam stars and fair games it is a good name yeah memorable and it's one thing it's like marathon it's mm-hmm. like a singular thing it's like foam and stars like fair and game like it's just one thing it's like it has a nice like tone to it agreed and then they took the bungie took that time to also show a new expansion for without a year but just kind of showing what would be next for destiny 2 and kate will be returning to go pee real quick to it as well and so they showed that and then in destiny they also there was a little trailer this wasn't during the showcase but there is kind of like a little collaboration where in destiny you can have outfits that are themed from like god of war or horizon so we're seeing some of that partnership kind of come to fruition not in the sense of really exclusivity i mean those outfits are but we know that bungie is going to be releasing these games multi-platform so marathon for example you will be able to play that multi-platform and that will not be a sony exclusive game now those are kind of the big titles that they had moving on from that is they showed some games on vr2 the vr2 games that they show is beat saber everyone knows beat saber so that will be coming to playstation vr2 and they showed a new queen music pack with it they also showed that resident evil 4 the current remake version will be it is in development for vr2 and that will be just coming to playstation sometime i think later this year i don't think there is an actual date on that at the moment other things announced was a cinematic trailer for arizona sunshine 2 for this year new gameplay details revealed for crossfire sierra squad five nights at freddy help wanted 2 and immersive psvr shooter synapse launching on july 4th so now that joel is back from his piss i basically went over the psvr 2 games i don't know if there's much to say i kind of already rattled off all of them it's beat saber and then arizona sunshine 2 synapse and so do you have anything to say with the vr games i would say i'm definitely hyped for synapse look good i know you were talking about that one right before i got on um, Synapse looks interesting. I do know that they think that's available on other VR platforms, so I'm excited about that because it's just a known entity. The Arizona Sunshine 2, that one was it looks kind of cool, but I don't I think those games are see VR has these type of games where there's games trying to be games and then there's games that are gimmicks. And Arizona Sunshine kind of has a little bit of a gimmick vibe. Maybe the two the sequel makes it more of a video game, but the Crossfire X was the other multiplayer mm-hmm. shooter. That looks really good. That looks very fun. And Resident Evil 4 and then, looks good too. Resident Evil 4, I mean, it is what you already know. That's going to be great. We, I saw, well, I actually haven't even tried the Village one, but you played the Village one. Awesome. Just, and that was fucking fantastic. So I can only imagine with them, like, you know, having more time and a new, a newer game and a better game is probably going to be just a better product. I was disappointed there was no year. I was expecting that by the end of this year, honestly. Yeah, I thought, I think it was saying it was in development this year. I had said I thought it would be by the end of the year, but they didn't say, so we don't know. With a lot of these things, it's not because, you know, it's not like a... But in development sounds far. Yeah, I agree. But the thing too is it's confusing with these because it's not a lack of like us writing or having the information. They don't have the information to give. A lot of these things are just like, oh, this year in development, in the works. And now things can get reset, which we'll talk about later. There are some other projects that get reset or take longer. So it's hard for them Mm -hmm. to give us straight up. But one thing that's worth noting here with the PlayStation showcases in this whole VR2 section, there's nothing from first party. 
that was very disappointing. Nothing from first or second party. I think that I would have put money that we would have saw Astrobot at least or something from the other first parties. Like, it's very shocking. Like, Team Asobi, what the fuck are y'all doing? You should be making a VR Astrobot mm-hmm. Rescue Ventures too. Or like a playroom. Or not even... Here's something even simpler they could have done. This is just for free, Sony, if you want to take it. Fucking make Astrobot's playroom, the PS5 version, playable in VR. Mm-hmm. Just do something. That's simple. That comes with a system that was only like a fucking two, three hour game. Like, just have it like it doesn't seem I mean, on all fronts, but specifically with VR, it seems like Sony's just kind of like, if you want it, you're going to buy it. And you guys seem to be buying it because we saw numbers where VR 2 is outselling PSVR. So it just kind of seems like Sony's like, as long as people are buying, we don't have to say anything. Agreed, which is something that when the showcase kind of first ended me and you were talking about and I was worried that because of the lack of competition from other parties in the space that they just don't really have to do anything because the system is selling incredibly well vr2 units are selling at a better pace than what i think had been previously reported and with all those things in mind what i mean they can just hold on to their their whatever they do have that they're working on they can kind of keep behind of like an in-case emergency break this glass kind of situation where like well we don't need to say these things now but if shit gets bad then maybe we can be like hey we have this and this yeah, and another thing that I told you as well when we were um, talking about the after the showcase is that this is kind of the start of the generation. I believe that by the end of this year, like probably sixty to seventy percent of all PS5s will be have, will have been sold within twenty twenty three. So there's a lot of newcomers where there's a lot of people that I just got into the system and they're like, well, I don't need I don't need anything new. I have Gran Turismo Seven. I have God of War Ragnarok on PS five, mm-hmm. and you know so. It's like the start of the generation is it feels like it's happening now. And we saw that even with reports that the PS5 is selling at a at a higher velocity than it did when it launched, which never happens three years after a product is released. Mm-hmm. Yeah, circumstance is definitely unique for that to be the case. And then after VR2, we kind of have the indies. So there were a lot of smaller titles here. Most of these will be multi-platform, if not actually all of them. So I mean, one of the best ones is Ghost Runner 2. I saw that and I was incredibly excited about that. I enjoyed the first one. The fact that they're adding like motorcycle levels to it looks really cool. That looks dope. So they showed gameplay of that. I thought that was cool. Plucky Squire is one that we both thought looked really cool. That one's, I don't know how you would describe it, but there's different art styles and camera, not camera angles, but like viewpoints. I would describe it. I would describe it as a game based on the Super Mario Odyssey mm-hmm. mechanic of like going in and out of a 2D and 3D plane yeah. where you would play like the old school Mario game by going into the wall and then you can just pop right out and be in the world. That's how I would describe the Plucky Squires, Squires gameplay. That one did look really cool. And then we also saw Sword of the Sea, which is the new game from Giant Squid. This is the one that is from the team that made Abzu and Journey. I think this game looks very pretty from just its visuals, but I was I really was watching it thinking this is Journey and Abzu combined. Like it didn't it literally just looked like those two games smashed together. Yeah, you would like to see from your indie games creativity. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like with their where they shine. And this kind of just seems like you just mashed your last two games together and made a and made a game based on that. And I, I liked both. I like Journey. I like Abzu. I think I'm definitely in the minority where I enjoyed Abzu more. But I enjoyed Abzu because I like... Oh, shit. But I enjoyed Abzu. I did not know that. But it's... I don't think it's a... So 
that's public knowledge yeah i didn't yeah I, I don't think it's a big deal for a couple of reasons number one i don't think that either of the games there is a whole lot there to break down so for example mm-hmm. right journey you're it's about the journey and having people randomly connect with you and interacting with people and getting up the mountain and very sandy very pretty abzu is very pretty swimming going through finding these kind of like ancient civilization kind of thing so what i was going to say is i don't think there's a lot going on in either game my preference is really Mm -hmm. just i like fish ocean sea i like water stuff a lot more than i like desert stuff that's pretty much it like, okay. there's not, like, a profound, I mean, like, I didn't like the message Journey was telling me. No, I just like fish. Like, I think the water levels are much cooler than, like, surfing on sand. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. I have not played either game. Mm. And... It's just crazy, because they're both, like, two-hour experiences. And Journey especially I... is, like, a PlayStation supposed must-play. I know it is to some people, but I honestly, it just the hype was too much around it. Like, I didn't get on the first wave. So then, like, after that, people were like, I cried. This is a game that I, I just changed my whole life after playing Journey. And it's like, well, I mean, what the fuck? Like, this, it's not going to live up to those expectations for me. I'm like, this is just a two-hour game. Like, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? Yeah, you try. It's the same way I felt about with Gone Home as well, where it's like these games that got so much hype that I was like, well, I don't want to play them. It's like, but Gone. Every, and it's also, I feel like everything is spoiled. And I know you have, a, you know you have feelings for Gone Home. Like, I hate it. It sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying that probably also attributed to you not wanting to play that. I was like, "Gone Home sucks. Stay away from it. That's a waste." That's of true. Two but hours. you also, but you have basically said the same thing about Journey. Not that it sucks, but you're just like, Journey's is good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I like, agree. Every, it's fine. But everybody else is like, Journey like changed my life, and I'm like, well, then I don't want. If it's just good, like, why don't? Yeah, I I think it's just good. I think the, I think. A separation with those two is I think if you play Gone Home, you have to be a little bit more engaged in figuring out what you're Soft doing or where you're, <laughs> where you're going, and it's not very good. <laughs> Journey and Abzu, I feel like, are really relaxing games. Like, if you just had, like, a night where you don't have too much to do, having, like, some drinks or whatever, just hanging out, it's a very, like, relaxing game. Either of those are really relaxing just to have on. So okay. there's you just like games that you can play when you're drunk. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. Well, I don't know. It's just like I'm swimming with the fishes. I was, <laughs> I was just trying to say like relax. I wasn't saying like fucking sauced, but I know, I know. I get what you're saying. I, I completely understand what you're saying, but just for me, like none of those games really speak to me. Yeah. I just I, that's that's a section of indie game where it's like Eh, that's whatever. Like the indie game where it's like this is an experience. I'm like, I just want a game. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like there's a lot of those where I do I will dabble in those. I feel like Stray fits into that category. I feel that's like That's why I fell off with that the too. The Witness falls into that a little bit too. Where I like I like mm-hmm. those pretty games. I'm okay with that. But maybe, you know, that's those are all backlog games that are probably eventually gonna get to because we ain't got nothing else to play. Yeah, you'll just be forced to play them. You'll have no choice. Right. Exactly. So another one here is Teardown. Teardown is coming to PS5 later this year. This is a PC game where it's basically a you tear things down, but in a very realistic way. The art style is a little bit more blocky, but it's very like cool how things get broken down. So this one's kind of just a port over, which is cool. We saw the showcase hit an all-time low, and they revealed Cat Quest Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, just absolute bullshit out of showcase. <laughs> Neva is a beautiful new game from the developer of Gris, which I haven't played, but it did look cool. We also saw Revenant Hill, which is the studio that made A Night in the Woods, 
same art style mm-hmm. so you could tell instantly where that was from talus principle so you know about the story with the night of the woods no not really so i think the reason that this game has a different name it was supposed to be a night of the woods too the guy who made the original night of the woods i believe like a creative director or studio head somebody high up who had their name tied like in brand attached to it he killed himself mm-hmm. and it was like very like sad and like public and stuff like that so that's why this is a new studio and a new and a, and a different title like they just wanted to like li- that's his legacy we're changing everything which why does it look this was same, interesting though? like i yeah, agree with you on all the other things but like the the game looks hey, the right, exact you know, same they, well they it's a spiritual successor yeah i guess so <laughs> like judas judas looks the same all right, well, now you're on that bullshit, so let's go ahead and talk we about that. We're on the that. bullshit. I'm, stand, I'm standing up. We're on that bullshit. Yeah, you are on that bullshit, so you're just a contrarian to be different. So we were talking about this, and you're in disagreement, but now you're not, which is funny because now we're on air. So we're talking about <laughs> Judas, and basically Judas is the game coming from Ghost Story Games, which is Ken Levine's new studio out of 2K and will be coming out sometime probably around late 2024 or 25. They showed a gameplay trailer for this, not at the showcase, but... We love Bioshock. Those are our favorite games of all time, both of us. And Judas is its own thing. But I was telling Joel that just like rewatching it, it's really hard to not think it's just going to be connected in the sense Mm -hmm. that, of course, you have powers in one hand, gun in in another hand. You have the first character in Bioshock 1 has the chain tattoos under his wrist. This character has like cat paw prints tattooed under her wrists. There are, you know, you're on a space station, but assuming that you're just on a kind of a city or an item that is derelict and there are seedy characters, that's very much up the same alley. The way that the trailer starts with her kind of looking in the mirror is very similar to any time you have Elizabeth looking in the mirror, like questioning stuff. And so basically, I'm just saying there's a lot of things there that make me think it looks like Bioshock, but Joel was fighting that. So it's funny to hear now that he's just like, oh, yeah, you know. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? I don't even know what I was thinking. I don't think it's going to be Bioshock, but I'm just saying. I don't saying, think it's like, going to literally was... be Bioshock, but like, it's hard to not look at it and think there's no chance it's connected. No chance. There's too many similarities. I know you're just saying no, no chance to say no chance. You're even doing your shirt popping thing. That's like, you'd be a terrible <laughs> poker player. Right, I don't play poker. What do you mean? I do this all the time. Somebody called me at work. That's just because I'm getting fat now. Nah, you like do that when you're lying. Fun. That's not what I'm lying. I never lie. That's what you're lying. I want right? to tell the you truth. Try not to laugh right now. You full of shit. Whatever. I do think Judas is different. <laughs> Revenant Woods would be is going to be different. I was just trying to provide a little bit of like a side note, a tangent, a cool story to you know spruce up the news but but you're just over here shitting no, on I me think and my was, little hey, this is just conversation sometimes it gets heated you gotta handle it you're the one standing up i'm calm and collected you gotta stand up so you don't shit yourself again no i'm just standing up because i was like i ha- I realized i could do that and also this chair is like fucking literally sitting on a prison cot so <laughs> i'd rather just stand up at this point because the chair is hurting my ass that's fair and so kind of the last two games that we have in the indie section is ultras which is a psychedelic sci-fi side scroller coming in 24 it's like shit i thought that looked pretty cool let's just be honest i don't i I, the art style looked like it it looks like uh it looks like shit is what it looks like it just the game i don't like the it's like very like like it's like psychedelic but it's like not appealing at all hmm interesting something about it with me like too much green i will say too much i also am more excited for it after playing dead cells and being like oh maybe i like these side scrolling games 
So that uh, definitely a different angle from thinking about it now versus when we watched the showcase. And the mm-hmm. other one is Towers of Aghasba, which I don't actually remember watching. So that should probably tell That's you. That's the prehistoric oh. uh, Breath of the Wild game. Okay, yeah, that one. That game looks. It, it could be yeah, interesting. Look? It could be like it looks like. Oh, you just older pulled your brother. shirt. <laughs> this is motherfucker lion. <laughs> it looked like Chia's older brother that hopefully is better. That's that's all that's what it looks like. You know what? Kind of surprising actually now that we you mentioned Chia on like a, a slightly more serious note. I'm surprised that they didn't show any game here that there was like this will be launching on plus. That's what I was also expecting too. And you know what's also kind of fucked up and disrespectful? We didn't mention Meet Your Maker is one of those PlayStation Plus extra launch games. That was an essential game. Oh, it was, was a day one game, but it was an essential game. So I feel like they count it differently. Like the extra yeah. day one date games so far have been it's Stray, Chia, Humanity, and Shadow Warrior 3. And then. That's PS now. We don't claim that shit. But it's the same thing because they never had done one no. before. So that was the first day one I, one. But we don't claim that one. We do. Relax. That one's, bad. that one's not bad. You just didn't play them. But you also know that they're not bad. And then the essential day one games is going to be like your Rocket League, your uh fall guys your fall guys your what was the one we were just fucking talking about meet your maker which meet your maker was awesome for like a day 15 minutes it's just it's terrible solo that's its problem which is my worry with a lot of multiplayer games coming out in the future to be honest is like a lot of these games you can make a lot of games fun when you're playing them with your friends no matter the quality of the game it's if they're fun solo like mm-hmm. I'll play. Uh, That's a test now, of a good now game. I'm not, if it's fun solo. I'm not saying it's like top of the line, but like I'll play Warzone by myself because it's fun. But like a multiplayer game that you play by yourself, if it's painful, then it's probably just not very good. Yeah, I agree. But moving on from the showcase, we still have a lot to talk about just because news is just going to be crazy. I think a lot of the things that we're going to see now until the end of the summer is like if we see leaks there's probably a high chance that you're going to see it at an upcoming show of some kind so i would keep that in mind when we're going over these so number one is going to be uh, alone in the dark reboot is coming out in october and there is a prologue demo available for it now if you want to play it this is the reboot of the horror series alone in the dark but this game also includes david harbour who was rumored to be in some kind of horror game and I think people were thinking maybe it would be a super massive game, but it turns out this is it. David uh, Harbour is Hopper from Stranger Things. So is that who we play as? I think we play as him and another character. I did download the demo. I have not played it. So Jodie Comer from Killing Eve is also in it as well. And I think the playable demo is playing as her. So this will be priced at $60. It'll come out on October 25th, and it will be coming out on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, S, and PC. Okay, that's cool. I mean, I don't hate getting more survival horror games, so yeah. And if just keep them coming, they're fun. If you want to try the, if you want to try the prologue, it is out now. I'm definitely gonna give that a shot because Alone in the Dark is a game that you know when you see games and sometimes they're like you see the art box art especially when we were younger, and it's tied to a specific system. Alone in the Dark is tied to the Xbox 360 uh, box mm-hmm. art. Like, I just, every time I picture that game, I picture the white top with the Xbox 360 and then the lime green case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
So more more leaked information. This is something that we knew a little bit about, but it got leaked kind of more officially. Is Mortal Kombat 1 is the new entry in the Mortal Kombat series. And so we kind of have now an official look at, official, unofficial, look at the DLC characters from the first pass, and it was leaked on Amazon. So the first combat pack will include fighters and cameo fighters. The cameo fighters, I guess, are described as fighters who will assist in battle but are not fully playable characters. The DLC fighters in this list on Amazon was Quan Chi, Ermac, Takeda, Omni-Man, Peacekeeper, and Homelander. So we knew about the guest characters, but we didn't know about the Mortal Kombat characters themselves. How do you feel about the Mortal Kombat characters? Um, well, I love Ermac, I love Quan Chi, and I think Takeda is a great addition. For me, Quan Chi and Ermac should be base game, and Takeda I understand as DLC. I was going to say, I know that... I. I'm not the most uh, in-depth Mortal Kombat player, but I just know about them because I've seen Mark play it like a hundred mm-hmm. times on nine, ten, and eleven. But yeah, Ermac and Quan Chi are characters I know, and I'm like, those should definitely be part of the main roster. Yeah, and those both they both were missing from eleven. So, mm. but I still think they're making you pay. Yeah, I know they're making. Well, yeah, Shang Tsung is a pre-order bonus. That's bullshit. Well, fucking Shang Tsung is like the main bad guy of the whole series. How is that a pre-order bonus? Yeah, Shao Kahn was the pre-order bonus of the last one too. So they do that shit. Yeah, so they got you, better balls already. Yeah, they do. You got the hundred on so their pack. So my thing with this really is, I think I'm cool with it. You know, it's cool to just get more information, news about it. I don't understand doubling up Omni Man and Homelander. I feel like they're a little bit too similar to both have. Yeah, Homelanders and also Homelanders like way fucking cooler. Yeah, I so. mean that I think that too. I mean, if somebody comes in upset, like that's okay. Like Homelander is definitely cooler of the two. Yeah, like that's not even a question. So yeah, Omni Man could definitely get the fuck out of there because he's also from an animated series. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be weird to like translate him to like the more realistic art style. They've done a good job. But it with could that. also get some. You can also get some weird grotesque shit too. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I so that'll that'll definitely just be interesting to see. I mean, I'm sure that people will be excited. They can just have those two fight. But like, it's not. Who would you want to see in terms of like guest characters? Guest? Oh, like I the uh, so two two ca- guest characters that I've wanted in Mortal Kombat. So excellent question, right? Because I love Mortal Kombat. Yeah, two guest characters that I've wanted for years is Ash from Evil Dead. I think he makes sense. He's not He's in it. He's never been in a Mortal Kombat game. That doesn't even make sense. I thought he was already in it. I also think the Doom Slayer would be an excellent guest character. Ooh. That'd be kind of fire. He can play like um like Jax with guns and shit and strike. Yeah, them. he would be I think he would be I think those are two characters that there's no good excuse for them not to be in there. They're both part of France. Doom Slayer is going to be hard now though. Who? That's that's Doom Slayer is going to be harder now because that's um, yeah. Microsoft. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they plan on doing it. I mean, I remember back in Mortal Kombat 9, they had Kratos. So I don't know. Oh, shit. Yeah, I remember that. That was cool. Yeah, we'll see. But those are the two characters for me where I was like, these these guys should be in there. No, no excuse for them not to be. Definitely Ash. That's ridiculous. I thought he was already in there. Because they make sense from the way that they look, their fighting style. And then, of course, you need characters that are violent or lend themselves to like violent nature and or and like ash is funny so he would have good fatalities and shit. agreed okay now moving on to another leak which maybe we will see this in a show and i thought this was pretty fun to see because i really liked the first one is we're starting to get leaked and rumors about hot wheels unleashed 2 so hot wheels unleashed 2 turbocharged is the name 
is what it's being rumored as. And there are a couple of additions that are being shown. There is a toy car that is being claimed as a GameStop pre-order exclusive that can come with it. Now, this this reporting information does come from data miner Bibble Kuhn, who is somebody we, I feel like, report information on here on the show plenty of times. Really excellent track record of leaks on things and just projects coming in the future. So this would be a game coming from Milestone, the studio that also did the first one. There will be a standard, deluxe, and legendary edition. Uh, the more expensive versions of the game will come with a planned season pass. And the original one came out in September of 2021. And also the that the first one was excellent. Like it's that studio's most successful game to date. And I just thought I thought it was a ton of fun. And I'm down for a second one because the only thing that they can do is they add more. I thought the first one had a lot of cool licensed like real cars and cars from like different IPs. So if they just add more of those and more tracks, I'm totally down for it. I really enjoyed it. Okay. But Hot Wheels, that was the one that we purchased at the that like it was it got kind of predatory early on, like with the with the like the best carts being like the things that you would have to pay for. I don't think so. I we you get Never... you get them all out of the out of the crates. Oh, it was the currency. That's what it was. The currency was very hard to earn. Yeah. You had to like if it, it felt like it was forcing you to buy the currency. Yes, I agree with that. It did feel like that, but I still thought like from a gameplay perspective, it was like way better than it it had any right to be. Yeah, and also it just looked cool as fuck it too. Did. It's like like it's like you're playing like in a toy room. Mm-hmm. It's like really fun. So I'm excited for that. I think like that's a that's one of those sequels where I'm like no opportunity cost because that's that studio they wouldn't be making something else anyway so like great sure make a new one i'll definitely play it i played all the first one all the way through to the end and i think i got Mm -hmm. one expansion i don't remember though i don't think i played all the expansion that i got i don't don't feel like you purchased that because i remember you getting kind of like pissed with it early on because of that well i wanted to the thing is is that i wanted to i want to platinum it but I think to platinum yeah. it, I was like, I don't want to replay the same things that are not fun. So I was like, maybe I'll get an expansion. I think I bought one of them or maybe I didn't. Maybe you're right. And maybe I was thinking of it. But yes, I think because there's some trophies that are tied to like open this amount of crates or have this amount of currency. And it's like yeah. those are really slow to earn, which is annoying. And of course, in a full price game. But yeah, that's but I mean, no, of the sequel, you know, has a better economy and it's just the more of what it is. And then also having the licensed car, I feel like that's kind of cool because it's cool sometimes to like see like a regular ass like Hot Wheels car. And then also you have like the crazy shit. That, It'd be like S2000. It's a cool dynamic. It reminds me. Of, that's what I'm saying. Like S2000s. That's fun. And like it reminds me of the Forza Hot Wheels collab that they did on Horizon 4, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, which it's funny you mentioned that too, because now we'll have this Hot Wheels, but we also have that Lego 2K game, which I don't think that Lego 2K game is going to do very good. I think the Hot Wheels game will do good though. Mark is waiting for Lego 2K to be like $20 and dead so he can play it. Because see, that one is that one's predatory right <laughs> off the rip like crazy, where Hot yeah. Wheels, I feel like, is just. It's a little annoying, but it's like Gran Turismo, where it's a little bit annoying, but it's still really good like to play. So it's fun, and it's fine. The Lego mm-hmm. one just looks like it's total bullshit. But, but why do you want to? Because it's a racing game. We don't have a lot of racing games. <laughs> why you got to do this to me? We didn't hear anything about the crew. We don't know anything about Test Drive Unlimited. Midnight Club is nowhere to be seen. No new Need for Speed. No, Midnight Club. Midnight Club has been done. I mean, all of them are That's done. That's not even a real thing. If we're being honest, none of them are ever coming out. Wait. 
The, uh, the, the crew would definitely uh, come out now. Test test drive, test drive. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, it's touch and go right yeah, now. Yeah, we don't know. So let's just talk about some uh, new studios that are being formed that we'll never see games out of. So we've got another one here. Former Battlefield creative director announces new studio TTK Games, which is a fantastic name for a game studio. I love that TTK. Yeah, Time to Kill, like in first person shooter games. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to their free-to-play project fucking flops. You got to remember that you're going to be paying 70 for all these. you are I don't know what you're thinking that paying. these are all going to be free-to-play. You're crazy if you're thinking that everything is free, baby. This shit is not going to be free. So anyway, it's co-founded by Dice Veterans. The studio is working on a next-gen online shooter, of course, TTK Games. But they're officially Time to Kill Games, so like even Broken Out, that is what it's called. So I like that. Okay. And then... You know, for the most part, it is going to be the information you usually get where they talk about, you know, oh, it's creative studio where we welcome everyone. And so, you know, at this point, when we talk about new studios being formed, I don't really read that stuff because like, yeah, they're all inclusive, welcoming places. Go work at them. That's basically what they're saying. So that's from the creative director of Battlefield. And that will be an online shooter. And we will hopefully hear more at some point. I think that TTK is a good name. I think the logo is pretty cool. I'm showing it to Joel right now. It's this like white Ooh. and green kind of like concrete kind of yeah looking. concrete. That's a good description. So I think that's cool. Um, the K kind of looks like a penis though. Does it? I, I like the, the going up. I think you're just seeing yeah. what you like to eat. I don't think that's. I'm just, I don't think that's. I think that just looks like a K. That looks like kind of like a penis if you think of it's why because it's not. So what like do you, if I think about it, what are you thinking about? I don't know. TTK. That's okay. TTK. So they're going to be they're going to be working on an online shooter, <laughs> and we will hear more from them. Tiny tiny cock. Can't wait to hear from <laughs> At them. At some point. No, that's the next one. <laughs> the next one is NetEase. They're forming a new studio. Oh. So NetEase is forming a new studio with Ubisoft Vets, and. I actually don't think there is a whole lot of information on this one at the moment, but NetEase is the is a Chinese company that has been getting mm. kind of more share space in the industry. And I don't know if there's like a one big name from Ubisoft that's going there. So the studio is going to be called Bad Brain Games and they're developing an ambitious new... <laughs> I, mean, I know. What are you doing, man? You're not setting yourself up for fucking success. We got a bunch of idiots making games here at Bad yeah, Brain. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so the, yeah, Bad Brain Games is developing an ambitious new franchise based on a story-driven action adventure. What? An ambitious new franchise based on a story-driven action adventure game. Does okay. that not sound weird that's to you? Funny. That sounds like Bad Brains. Are they basing it on a game that's already existing? No, I don't think so, but they're saying they're going to make games that are already out in the wilds, is what they're saying. Or are they saying, we're going to make this one game, but we're already deciding it's a franchise? That's probably what they're I think that's what they mean. That sounds like a Ubisoft So the studio is located in Toronto and Montreal and is developing an ambitious new franchise based on a story-driven action-adventure game. According to NetEase, it will be an open-world multi-platform experience built on Unreal Engine 5 and is inspired by cult 1980s movies, mixing elements of adventure and horror. The studio is led by from is led by vets from Watch Dogs Legion, Driver San Francisco, and other vets who worked on Watch Dogs Trilogy, Far Cry 2, Driver, Child of Light, Just Dance, Army of Twos. They, the longer they go on with the list, the worse it gets. So basically, I'm about <laughs> to say, you're like not naming anything good. So yeah, 
Like, it's people it, who have worked at Ubisoft, basically. Not to say that they haven't made good games, but it just sounds like they're trying to list some more, but they got to hold up. You know, they're not all good. <laughs> so we will see how that is. So another new studio is formed. There's got to be some point in like maybe five or six years where we see just an avalanche of these games. I'm praying one day, but Bad Brains, also way better band name than game studio name. Yeah, I agree. I think Bad Brains is like kind of kind of punky kind of like you know i don't follow rules whatever yeah. it's kind of like yeah punk but then for games it's like are you like a fucking idiot making this game like you want smart yeah, intelligent people making it yeah so you're basically just calling yourself smooth brain studios and you're fucking making nothing. Yeah, spending like 800 million dollars on something that joel thinks is going to be free to play <laughs> when he knows he's going to be paying $80 for it to play for one Everything weekend. Is free to play, Don't worry about it. All right, well, let's move on to something you know you're going to spend 70 on, which is going to be Ubisoft Star Wars game, which is reportedly planned to release by March 2024. Jesus. So this is going to be an open world title that is in development at Division Studio Ubisoft Massive. And I don't think there's a whole lot known about this game except for just them saying this is going to be coming in early 2024, likely because fiscal year ends March 31st so they want to just kind of say that this is going to be coming out by end of fiscal year more than likely if they are going to show anything about this we will see it at the ubisoft show which will be coming up here shortly i don't i think that's next weekend or not next weekend but the one after yeah i think everything starts in like about two weeks is when all the showcases start Mm -hmm. jeff Keeley's is like 11th i believe xbox's is like the ninth or some shit like that ubisoft forward live stream event will be on june 12th Look at that. Perfect. And so we will probably see more about it then. Another thing I'm assuming, well, they kind of have already said for sure that we won't be seeing this is the Prince of Persia game, which was, I believe, kind of just like a remake reboot of the first one, which has been in kind of development troubles. I wouldn't say hell, but it's been in troubles for a little bit. They basically said that it's in the concept stage and like it will not be at the show. Well, the studio that originally was making it was so bad that they got taken off the the project. So yeah, it's not a good not a good look. Well, if that's not hell, I don't know what it is. You know. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely not. But good. sometimes you know, great great things can come from hell because Dead Island too. You that's know? true. That was I agree. That that was on the bottom barrel. But People thought that shit was gonna be diamonds trash. are made with pressure. That's what I'm saying. So who knows? It... <laughs> Why am I not shitting out diamonds then? <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dead, Dead Island 2 is a good deal in a Maza. I mean, that was good. That was a great deal in Maza. So let's see. So now the Dream Studio Media Molecule has appointed a new creative director. <laughs> what? Because <laughs> you said the Dream Studio. I'm like, who the fuck would think that that's the Dream Studio? They suck. But I was like, oh, that's the dream studio the, the people that make the oh dream i see what That's you're saying I, I was like they're not the dream studio what the all right fuck? well media molecule right before you... no shade media yeah, molecule. no shade being ex- no extremely shade. disrespectful so media molecule has appointed a new director john beach steps up from lead designer to replace the recently departed mark healy now that's cool that's great i I mean i wouldn't hope for any ill will or for them to close the studio hopefully now with a new creative director they'll have a new project in line and maybe we'll hear about it at some point i liked a little big planet i just think dreams was a something that took too long but i still believe that they are a studio worth like keeping around yeah i, I mean you know being annoying and funny in the beginning there but no it's media molecule is a studio that it just makes a different game than everybody else so i want to keep them around because i don't want to have everybody be making the same in the first party mm-hmm. 
So, and also a new, you know, creative lead there. Maybe that changes like the workforce of the studio. Maybe they can start releasing some fucking projects and not wait nine years to make a game engine. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think it's the right direction. Obviously, you know, you got to start changing the heads there. We're closing down the studio, not, well, not closing down the studio, but you know, like that main guy leaving, you're going to have to have like a new energy there that gets the studio behind something new have hopefully they are already working on a project that comes out yeah, so you know within like two to three officially years. they will be discontinuing the uh they'll be discontinuing support on dreams september 1st 2023 and they'll be shifting their focus to an exciting new project is what they've said officially perfect that's all we need to hear from them so that sounds good and then we will see what happens with that and the last thing, which is confusing, but again, everything this kind of company does is confusing, is Embracer. You've probably heard this name a lot in news stories. They've been kind of gobbling up a bunch of smaller size A, AA studios for the past year or two years, and their shares have taken a nosedive after the collapse of a $2 billion deal that pretty much didn't go through. And so the value of their company is about halved at the moment. And they just have too much, they have too much kind of going on. And I don't understand how they can operate at a smooth pace. So these Embracers purchased the Lord of the Rings rights. And they also own Tomb Raider at the moment are kind of like their two big ones. Lord of the Rings, obviously having a tough go of it with the Gollum game coming out and not being, I mean, even decent, getting reviewed mm -hmm. pretty poorly. I watched a couple of like, gameplay videos on it and it looks pretty awful like funny but like i wouldn't want to play it if you know what i mean it's okay because developers apologized on twitter so i saw that don't worry they feel it. bad about it <laughs> they feel bad about it so they charge you 60 or 70 for it but it's all good so yeah there was a two billion dollar partnership that was supposed to go through that didn't i don't see a very clear description of what this deal was or what it was for yeah, I, I might have been probably purchasing another publisher, I would assume. I wonder who, though, for $2 billion? It could be a lot of people. Yeah, I'm not sure. So either way, things are not going very smoothly at Embracer. They have too many studios. I don't think they're releasing enough games that are making enough sales. And we will just... We'll see what kind of happens with them. I don't know. It seems like a lot of... I don't want to say that they're representative of all because that's a big generalization but i think s some of what they're doing does kind of represent a small problem with the industry where it seems like a lot of studios and publisher not studios i'll say publishers and big heads are kind of like yeah we have a ton of stuff coming but then like nothing ever comes i was gonna say it reminds me a lot of the microsoft situation which it kind of shows that games are not the kind of medium where it's like if you buy a bunch of studios it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a better publisher it's more about having like studios that you know are going to make good products and managing them correctly mm -hmm. and it's, it makes me even nervous about playstation with having now they have 20 studios and it's like you know you know one of these live service games are not going to hit because it probably falls through the cracks there's no way you can maintain 20 studios making solid projects and imagine now embracer has fucking i don't know 50 plus microsoft has like 30 to 40 studios underneath its belt so and we've seen both of those publishers release lackluster games mm -hmm. now it's good that you bring that up because something that is very important for us to talk about is the last of us multiplayer game which was not at the showcase 
So this is Last of Us Factions, which was originally split off of Last of Us 2 into its own project. And we didn't see it at the showcase, but Naughty Dog has kind of come out and said a statement. We know a little bit more about it now. So apparently the multiplayer game is getting scaled back and the dev team size has been reduced. And Naughty Dog says they will continue to work on this game. And they also said that they are working on a single player experience. But apparently, so Sony has reportedly scaled back the size of Naughty Dog's Factions game following an evaluation of the project by Bungie. So apparently Bungie came through and that's why they're changing this. Which I don't know how I feel about because I definitely trust Bungie on a live service perspective, but I wouldn't put Bungie above Naughty Dog. I have to think about that. I don't know where my... I understand where you're coming from, but when Sony purchases something for, I think Bungie was purchased for about four to six billion dollars, you know, they they were purchased for a reason. So they're going to take whatever they say to heart. And I think that also Naughty Dog could also have maybe been like, we kind of want it. If you guys say we have to cut it down, that's even better. We can get this shit done Mm. because I don't view Naughty Dog as a studio that is necessarily enthusiastic to make a live service game or even a multiplayer game solely. I think they did love putting their time and care into the multiplayer modes within their single player experiences. Cause I mean, I know you spent a lot of time, a lot more time with uncharted specifically too, but each of those multiplayers are very like in depth. They have a lot of like customer, uh, not customer uh, cosmetics and cool stuff that is added to it that they shows they care but I don't think they're the type of studio that that's like what they solely want to make is just multiplayer or a multiplayer only game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's just, I think the goals in the multiplayer games or these live service games, of course it would be quality, but it doesn't seem like just like quality is necessarily the metric that they're going for. So specifically what Bloomberg is reporting is Bungie raised questions about the last of us multiplayer projects ability to keep players engaged for a long period of time. Which is the sole reason? Man, they're talking shit. Well, yeah, but also that's probably like they want. They, again, it's it's. It, but it's also a worry that I have. It's like, okay, I don't want every game to be like, hey, we want you for years. No, I don't. I don't want to be like signing myself for a year. Like, I'll play this game as long as I enjoy it. But I don't want it to be mm-hmm. like, oh, well, this game has to be able to support people for five years. Yeah. And it's funny that Bungie's saying that when all you hear about is Destiny's player base is kind of like falling That's off. my thing too. So I don't know. We were talking about that too, where Bungie, or not Bungie, but Destiny as a core game is very fun, but I don't understand the kind of holding up at a, holding them up to a really high standard when even people who really love Destiny just hop in and then are like, yeah, some of the expansions are good. Some of them are bad, but I a lot of them come in to play the expansions when they come out and then dip back out. Yeah, so I think that's kind of odd. That it's not odd. Obviously, it's like I said earlier. They paid them that much money because they respect their opinion, and they obviously know what they're doing too. With sense, Destiny did start it all with the live service on um, console, at mm-hmm. least. But I mean, honestly, at this point, Naughty Dog, if they want to cut it down, and they could be like, "Hey, we're going to scrap all this live service." I'm assuming division style kind of game, and we're just going to make a like a factions mode. And fucking make it free to play, or not free to play, make it free to people that have Last of Us Part 2 and just make what you know you're paying for that. It's separate. That is not, it is not going to matter if you have Last of Us Part 2. I'm just saying, this is what they should do at this point. It's just swallow the bullet. 
of course it's not what they're gonna do. They fucking never do what they're supposed to do. But they do what makes money, which is not fun anymore. But it's they used to do things that were fun. Mm. But they should just, you know, like they are saying publicly, they're scaling down the project. Just make it fucking what Factions was. Maybe add a new mode or two and just make it as polished as possible. Make it have like fucking 15 maps and just support it. Yeah, I agree. I just don't. Yeah, I agree. So they're saying basically it hasn't been canceled, but a lot of the dev team has been moved to other projects. So a small group remains while Sony, I guess, is reevaluating it. But Naughty Dog came out officially to say... As development has continued, we realize what is best for this game is to give it more time. Our team will continue to work on this project as well as our other games and development, including a brand new single player experience. So I feel like them saying that is definitely them being like, hey, yeah, we know you guys are like, where is this game? So we just got to say something. Of course, saying something is not really saying what it is, but they're like, we are working on something brand new. But I think they're working on what we do. Know you have, do you have a fear that it's going to get canceled? The multiplayer game? Yeah. I don't know if I have a fear of it because I don't really would you prefer it? No, I don't I would not prefer it because I wouldn't prefer it because of the amount of time they've spent. Mm-hmm. I absolutely would not prefer it. So, I think if it was I would say maybe a couple of years ago it might be a different situation, right? If it was only a year after Last of Us Part 2 came out and it was like, "Oh, well they could cancel this and focus on another project." I would yeah, I would be like, "Yeah, I would like that." Now, now it's a little bit different because I would just feel like those three years were wasted when I would Mm -hmm. much rather they also put out a multiplayer thing because I did really like factions. I don't need it to be a gigantic, massive live service game, but I know that I always enjoyed Naughty Dog's multiplayer. So even if they scaled it back to exactly what you were saying, released a little smaller version of Naughty Dog multiplayer, I'm down. I wouldn't prefer a cancellation, though, because that's even less games when we're already not getting that much. So I'd prefer they scale it back, release it. We know that they're probably working on a brand new game and a Last of Us Part 3. They probably don't know which one's going to go first. But Bungie is, I guess, going to be really pivotal to deciding what's happening. I don't know. It just, for some reason, it definitely makes sense to have Bungie go through and review it. And it definitely makes sense if they were like, this Haven game, this Firewalk game, they need to be doing XYZ. For some reason, I do feel kind of weird about Jim Ryan just being like, I'll listen to Bungie over Naughty Dog. When like Naughty Dog is is Sony's like prize jewel. Maybe they're able to say that because Neil's too busy and concerned with making a TV show now. Maybe. I don't know what the case is, but it seems like a it feels it feels like you're not respecting what built the well, Neil's not the creative director on this one too anyway so that's yeah. not fair for me to yeah say. I wouldn't say Neil Druckmann specifically but just Naughty Dog as a whole I think listening to Bungie over Naughty Dog feels like Jim Ryan isn't respecting what built Sony to the brand it is right now which was like I think right at the end of PS3 on is what built it to like its point of strength and a lot of that comes from Naughty Dog like how like how Insomniac's been carrying since like the end of PS4, beginning of PS5. Mm-hmm. Naughty Dog was doing that for PS3, but like even at a more like significant rate, where like it was rebuilding the brand of PlayStation, mm-hmm. like changing the whole title and like the turn of like the generation that is gonna that is that became the PS4 generation and success. So Naughty Dog really was keeping PlayStation afloat because without the Uncharted series and like Last of Us. You know, the PS3 is not in the not viewed the same way as it is now. Agreed. And so 
At the moment, what we know, yes, Sony Interactive Entertainment is saying that they're planning on having 12 live service games in the market by fiscal year ending in March 2026. And of course, this the, the Last of Us multiplayer game will be one of those. So we will see the... Oh, I guess this is new to the live service game that was in development at PlayStation Back Deviation Games is apparently canceled. Oh, well, nice. not a lot of people are covering that, but that makes sense. So that studio is going to be just closed, I think, at this point. I think, yeah, I think so. I agree. I think um, we will see moving forward. I am pretty worried about live service stuff as a whole because I think it, I think holding a game to a high quality from a single player perspective is really tough, but probably achievable. It seems like they might almost be too difficult on like if a live service game is going to be good or not because i feel like that's a much harder thing to predict and i feel like we might just have more cancellations and less things period because of that like you can't know what's going to be the next big multiplayer game but single player games is different like you know if it's really good or if it's not really good and multiplayer games like sometimes the jank is good Mm -hmm. you know like the jank makes it kind of fun and unique like fall guys is like it controls a little weird, mm-hmm. but like that's what makes that game so fun because it's like unpredictable in a sense. But they didn't and know that was going to be big like that. That's why you release it on Plus Rocket League. They didn't know it was going to be big like that. That's why you had your bets and release it on a service. Like it opens your. But that's what I'm saying. They have to do these these multiplayer games. At least have to launch on the Plus Extra tier. Yeah, I don't know if they. At I least. don't know if they will because these will be their big marquee titles. Like I yeah. don't know what oh, kind yeah. of they don't want to they don't want to set that precedent. You're I right. don't know what kind of single player games we're going to be getting right now. It seems like they're very much just like, hey, we're going to have all these live service multiplayer games. I feel like we'll probably get one to two single player games a year and two to four multiplayer games a year. You say that, but I have no idea what the fuck is coming out next year. Yeah, n- like we might not get anything next year. That's possible. Single player. Yeah, wise. that's true. Like next year might be like. When we start seeing all these fucking live service games like Fair Games and Concord and all Maybe that Maybe next year it'll just be second party like Silent Hill, Stellar Blade. But nothing from internal. Yeah. That'd be nice at least. But it's still... Because I would, I would prefer Stellar Blade. I mean, obviously you want to see the first party. You want to see that PlayStation Studios logo pop up when you put a, play a game. Mm-hmm. But it looks like it's coming. It's going to be very few and far between when you see yeah, that. Yeah, agreed. Pretty shocking with the Last of Us multiplayer game. I don't like that. It doesn't it sit well with me. It doesn't seem right now. Naughty Dog is in a weird space. I feel like I just... feel like Sony as a whole is like Naughty Dog can't operate probably the way they want to because Sony is probably like, hey, we got to do this, this, and this. Like yeah, I'm sure that I Naughty agree. Dog wait. I don't want to say fully wasted time, but you know them taking over the part one, re- like remake for PS5. That's time spent they could have been working on a new project or factions. But I think that's more... That, the way it was presented in the media was more of like, that was a Naughty Dog call, not a Sony call. That's true, but I... Yeah, I don't That's know. how it was presented. That is how like, it was they presented. Were like, they, they took it from them as opposed to like asked to be helping on the project. Speaking of that too, we didn't see Uncharted at the showcase, which we thought based on that which, live TV tease, which that dude, tease, I mean, that apps... Fuck that absolutely that. was an uncharted tease and so what i'm talking about is sony did a couple of from around the world live action trailers where they showed like a giant console in different cities around the world and they had like a newscast going on with different events kind of 
being reminiscent of different games and one of them definitely showed a character who looked like a blonde girl kind of in a cave somewhere with a torch looking over an ancient kind of artifact so it's like that is definitely uncharted but that wasn't not the showcase so i don't know when or if we will see it and then death stranding while not first party or exclusive to playstation has some ties to it i think we'll see that at summer games fest yeah i think that that's gonna be you know a keely thing mm-hmm. but yeah i mean like you said it's just kind of we don't really know where it's gonna go with playstation and then another project that you mentioned on chart i completely forgot about that it feels like we know rumor and this is what makes it even worse when they do finally get shown to us it's not exciting because it's been rumored for so long and i would argue a majority of the things that we get rumored and hear about i almost feel like more of them now get delayed or canceled than ever get released yeah so that's true definitely delayed i feel like everything is getting like i can't believe suicide squad got delayed like a year like Mm -hmm. not saying that it was gonna be good but like fuck like i can't even like I wish I, we could have been playing that. By yeah, now. that's true. That would have been like the big release on Friday. That was supposed to come out on the 26th. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's a nice beefy two and a half hour episode. I would hope that the showcase that they do next is within a year or a year. I hope that they don't wait the same amount of time. I think that they can learn from this. It seems like the overall temperature from the internet is not very high. It seems like a lot of people are disappointed, but not in the usual haters going to be haters kind of way. I think people are honestly just like, yeah, that kind of sucked. Like I want to be positive, but like that wasn't really very good. And so it's just, I did hear a rumor, by the way, that Sony may be having a second showcase this year. Mm -hmm. That's more Japanese centric. Yeah. I mean, like at TGS or something like that. If they do that, that would be cool. But I still want to hear from first party. Yeah. No, I completely agree. But I think that the the time between they speak with us in the showcase format needs to be a lot shorter. We can't wait no two years. Are you going to be releasing this bullshit? Yeah, I agree. That was like three state of plays like stapled together. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So. <laughs> that's the show ladies and gentlemen it was a nice beefy two and a half hours you know the future may not be bright but there's plenty of games still to play you got plenty of shit on your backlog that you haven't played yet mm-hmm. i know you haven't beaten no elden ring yeah you haven't you definitely have not i haven't either you've never but will. i have the hard games club so that's somewhere oh, it's progress God. so you act, you act like you beat elden ring now because you got the hard game no, i don't I, also I don't act like i beat it yeah, but you have it displayed in your showcase. I beat hard games. I beat hard games. What hard too. games do you beat? Just dick. All right, let's let's <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we appreciate you if you listen this way all this way through. We'll see you sometime next week. We love you. See ya. <laughs>